Hi guys, it's your friendly neighbourhood Stace Bob here. Just a quick one before the episode proper. The UK podcast directory are running the very first annual, I assume it's going to be annual, uh, UK Podcasters Awards, which will be taking place in September. But throughout the month of July, you can nominate your favourite UK podcasts for the awards. The way it works is basically each podcast listed on their directory is under a certain category. So each day you can nominate one podcast in each category. So obviously if you've got a few favourites that you want to vote for, you could vote for one today, another one tomorrow in the same category. Or if they're over different categories, you can vote for them both every day. Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour and therefore Podcast in a Half Shell come under TV and film. And if you would like to throw a nomination our way, either once or every day till the end of July, I will love you forever. You can go to www.ukpodcasters.com forward slash direct just do a search for Stacey's Pop Culture Parlour and when you get to my page there's a big old button that says nominate this podcast now you just pop your name in there and your email address and Bob's your uncle, Fanny's your aunt job done, sorted I'm not normally the kind of person who you know, I don't do this for awards and loads of praise and stuff Uh, but you know an award would be nice that being said Um, so if you want to show some support for the parlour the other reason I'd like to do it is because the more buzz we can generate around the show maybe the more potential listeners we can get which would be lovely feel free to leave a review on the page as well because obviously the more positive reviews that are there if new people stumble across me they might be more inclined to have a listen Um, so that's ukpodcasters.com forward slash directory and just before we start, there's a little little something-something from the corrections department. Towards the end of this episode, I have a bit of a whinge about the soundtrack to the TMNT 2007 movie, uh, in the sense that I really enjoyed the original score in the film, but there were only two tracks on the soundtrack. Well, it turns out you can actually buy the score separately. I found it on Spotify just the other day and had a good old listen, and it was ruddy brilliant. So basically, ignore everything I say about about the same track album because I was completely fucking wrong. Anyway, here's some intro music. Skilly bebop, we rock steady over kicks and snares. So what you scared for? Unprepared for tunnel rasmatics, far from your average rabbits, new era. We rockin' super caps, breathing bricks, exhale train rail. City light better spiders with the nonsense behind us. This is how we do it. I'm just a hooligan, drunk walk in the gym, spitting raw sewage, splitting cell movements, turnstile jumper, punk step up to get beat down bumper. Alias in bright colors, so bright, leave you crying like late night mothers. Hoverboard kick flips, landed a little to the left as you can bet the end result was a split lip. Skip school, made shortcuts, act foolish like kids licking windows well, 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 Shock, ringing in your ears like the bells to L Rock. It doesn't matter whether or not you sell lots. If you can find solace in the coldest cell block, this is Shell Shock. Welcome to Shell Shock, ringing in your ears like the bells to L Rock. It doesn't matter whether or not you sell lots. If you can find solace in the coldest cell block, this is Shell Shock. Welcome to Shell Shock. I did it my way, sat back and let him live soft so he can die hard. Give me Kanye, we exist in circles. So the first square to push me is box out like Girl Scout cookies. This is not a test. We don't trust you, not a fan of men. That rock ugly, I don't understand. Can you blame me? I guess that's just the way. My pop screams, my pick for a thought. A nigga for a swift fist in the face, but thinking that I let my players go to waste. Nope, top of the food chain, but way too cool to not drop a little sarcasm in your water, man. Did it, I stutter, man. Could you please make a toast for the kicker? Cause you know I'm spitting butter, man. Same thing, new date, this man. Same trappy time, same trappy well, shell shock. Ring it in your ears like the bells to L Rock. It doesn't matter whether or not you sell lots. If you can find solace in the coldest cell block, this is Shell Shock. Welcome to Shell Shock. Ring it in your ears like the bells to L Rock. It doesn't matter whether or not you sell lots. If you can find solace in the coldest cell block, this is Shell Shock. Welcome to Shell Shock.
Hello and welcome to episode six of Podcast in a Half Shell. This is a this is the this is the record breaking one. This is where we're at uh, we're at double. Yeah, boy. we've we've hit twice as boy. many episodes as the original <laughs> Podcast in a Half Shell, which you know that's pretty impressive, really. To be fair, it really is. That is very impressive, and hopefully today will be slightly more triumphant than last episode where we were amazing. Shut your mouth. Yeah, yeah, that's that is that's a. That's a descriptive word you could use. Um, probably not the one I was thinking of, but but anyway. So, Stace, what are, we gonna, what, are we, what are we talking about today? Well, I can't remember if we talked last time about... Obviously, we're going to talk about something in the main, which I'll come to. But I, I couldn't remember whether we talked about the latest Turtles casting news. You're raising an eyebrow at me with a face. I don't know what that means. Does that mean which we did or we didn't? Depends. Why don't you I'm reveal? Talking, I'm talking Bebop and Rocksteady, and I'm talking no, uh, uh, Baxter. No, Stephen. we talked. Well, no, because that hadn't happened. We only uh, we only knew about Casey Jones being Stephen and Robbie Amell. Yes, I remember. Us no, talking Stephen Amell. Sorry, Stephen Amell. Yeah. Damn them, and they're similar last names. And Stupid. Looking somewhat similar, despite Siblings. being cousins. No, there's cousins. <laughs> Are they? They look just like I each other. I thought they were brothers. I thought they were. They look just oh, yeah. like each other. But um, no, no, that hadn't come out because we talked to uh, Mateos about. Uh, about Stephen Amel, uh, Stephen Amel. It is. We um. Well, I've just had a brain fart uh, about entirely about who was casting these things, and I don't have my phone. So, right. Um, I do not have data allowance, so I can tell you now. Though I do know that Baxter Stockman is uh, none other than Tyler Perry. That's the one. Who, to be fair, despite making terrible films, was really good in Gone Girl. So. Was he in Gone Girl? Yeah, he was the lawyer. Oh. That's what you know him from. There we go. <laughs> Yeah, he was really good in that. I thought I knew him from something else. What do I think I know no, him from? No, no, no. Tyler Perry's film of things. <laughs> good one. Um, <laughs> but the other one I know of is, I believe, Bebop is being played by Gary Anthony Williams, who... Yeah, they have an um, X-Rocksteady, have they? No, it's not officially Seamus, yes, is it? Is. Are you who? kidding? The, the wrestler, Seamus. Seriously? Yeah. <laughs> that's uh, that's amazing. At least it's not Hornswoggle. <laughs> um, Although that would be vaguely interesting. Not after that terrible, um, not after that terrible um, Leprechaun remake that he was in. Not seen I've any seen of the enough clips of it. It looks terrible. Oh, my strawberry smigglers. But yeah, Gary. Anyway, <laughs> Gary Anthony Williams, who oh. anybody who's a good fan of the uh, the Boondocks will remember as Uncle Ruckus. Because I love that program. I've not seen that or the other thing that everybody says I should know him from. What was that? The the thing. Yeah. The the oh, it's it like I believe it was in the thing. I believe it was in My Name Is Earl. He played a news reporter, if I remember rightly. I have seen that because he's quite a, a chunky African American African American gentleman. American. <laughs> yeah, I know that's the, that was the sprite like making me tongue go weird. Your sprite does look really flat. I told you I've literally you know I bought it today and it's I swear down it's flat. I think oh. my Dr. Pepper's so fizzy, it's probably picking up on the microphone. But anyway. Yeah, but it's also zero, so, you know, sugar-free. Anyway, listen, <laughs> yeah. we have actually not... Our, okay. our podcast is not the fizzy drink hour. It's. No. Uh, Can you imagine how boring that would be? It would be pretty damn boring. <laughs> to, to be fair, we waffle on enough as it is. Maybe, let's, get to the co- let's get to the core of the matter. But that's, you know, hey, late-breaking news, that is, isn't it? About the casting. Yeah, no, I'm excited. I, um... Now that I know that who Tyler Perry actually is, I think he's pretty good. Hey, do you know what? I'll give him his. I really enjoyed him in Gone Girl. It was, it was a good film, but he was one of the best parts of it for saying he was in it for such a short period of time. Yeah. But yeah, maybe you know he could be could be doing really good. Yeah. 
And I, like I said, I don't know the guy who's going to be. I bet you've you've seen or heard him. He's more. I think he's more of a voice actor than he is anything else. But oh, okay. I bet you'd recognise his face if you saw him. Or you'd no, like, I've you'd seen recognize... him. I've seen him. Mohawk, the purple mohawked and everything. Have you not? No. Oh my god. We'll, right, that's we're looking we'll look at that. that yeah, 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 we're looking at that in a bit. <laughs> Because um, that's when Rich was saying about Seamus. We all the, the photo that I was looking at is kind of like them sitting in like what looks like a diner or something, and you can only see the back of a very pale ginger man's head. Right. So I thought Rich was joking when he said Seamus. So like he's rock steady. Being, I don't know. He's got to be rocks. He, he has to be. Well, if if Gary Anthony Williams has got a purple mohawk, he's bebop then surely. Yeah. But like rock steady's not ginger unless he loses his hair when he becomes a rhino. But that I mean, seems weird because why does he lose his hair? And then Bebop keeps his if he's already got the purple mohawk when he's a human. Well, I mean... Do you see what I mean, though? I do see what you mean, but what I was going to say was they don't necessarily have to stick to what the dudes look like Yeah, previously. I suppose. I just hope he hasn't got, like, you and know, also, ginger what rock if, steady. Because I'm going to take also, him seriously if, if he smashes not, his shell in with, like, ginger I just ginger had a hair. terrible thought, like, what if they're not animals and mutants? What if they're just two beefy dudes What have a fight with people? Maybe they're setting them up to become Maybe. animal. I don't know. I don't yeah. think that they'd do that because, I don't know. I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. They Casey would get Jones a royal bitch looks... slap from mm. all the, the Turtles fans if they didn't. Casey Jones still looks pretty boss, though. He does. I, I'm a bit sad. I'm lamenting the loss of the long hair because mm. I do love a good floppy haired situation. Yeah. But... No, he, he looks. He does look, but not necessarily like a nice coat long either, to be fair. like I'm... Just not a buzz cut. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it does look a bit too short, to be fair. Even I am it. being pernickety, though. That's mm. just me. That is you. Being grumpy about hair loss. <laughs> right. Let's get to the core of the matter. You yes. know, that was our little apartif, if you will. Yeah. Uh, unplanned. A moose-bouche. Yeah, an amuse-bouche. An amuse-bouche. That was our little amuse-bouche for you, and our little palate cleanse, if you will, which you don't really have before the main... But anyway, let's get to the main course. Let's. So what are we talking about, Tase? Taste. Well, today, taste. Taste. What are we talking about, Taste? Who the fuck is Taste? Today, we're talking about who the fuck is Taste. <laughs> no, uh, we we done what? Well, have you watched it? I don't know. Yeah, I watched it last night. Oh, good. But I was we only half watched... watching it because I already know what happens in it anyway. I've watched so... it so many times. Yeah. 2007's CGI TMNT movie. That is a good film, you know. It is a good film, it you know. It is a good film. I was disappointed to have a look at it on IMDb just to make sure I didn't fuck up any... You know which voice actor did which turtle, and uh, and I was really disappointed to see it only got thirty four percent on Rotten Tomatoes. Really? Yeah. And um, but when I looked further into it, basically none of the turtles movies have above like like thirty five. What? Even the first one? Yeah. It's that's it's horseshit. Really that's saddening. really fucking stupid. That is because um, the first one's really good. So clearly, all the people that are uh, that are reviewing things on Rotten Tomatoes don't like. Turtles to begin with, I guess. It would seem that's the way. Because yeah. uh, I think this film's pretty fucking tits. Yeah. This, I should I put think that on is, the DVD sleeve. Uh, <laughs> this is probably my second favourite of the Turtles films, mm-hmm. without a doubt, despite the fact that it is a bit daft. It is a bit daft. And um, there's bits about it that don't fully make sense to me. Mm. Let's just get into it. So the the main premise of the movie is that Patrick Stewart in the past, like 3,000 years in the past. Oh, spoiler alert. <laughs> That's the start Give of the movie. Yeah, but you don't know that he's Patrick Stewart at that point because well, he's like, you know, voiceless, oh guys, quiet there's guy. There's going to be all the spoilers. Yeah, lots and so lots of spoilers because it's, it's twisty-turny but not really, like, at all. So 3,000 years in the past, Patrick Stewart, war guy, 
and some of his best war mates yeah. <laughs> find out about some sort of thing in the a constellation, stars. The constellation that, of Keegan. Yes. Uh, when they, I haven't even got notes. That's when sad, When they that come is. together in alignment. Every so many thousand And there's years. some sort of stone tablet involved, yeah. thingy on the floor. Yeah. Every three it's thousand Stargate. years this happens, and it gives you, like, immortality and all the powers. All the powers, uh, but then things go horribly awry because it gets... Yeah. Patrick Stewart gets all the powers, but then all of his mates get turned to stone. That's what I was going to say. Like, It seems to be just like a whole bag of shit because it, <laughs> he, he becomes immortal and realises that that sucks instantly as yeah. opposed to like living for years and realising it sucks his, his other four men, mates get turned into stone like you say and he unleashes like 13 monsters yeah which I get it 13 is an unlucky number but that seemed like a really odd amount it seemed like an odd amount and the thing that the, the one thing that bothered me a bit about this movie but the more I look into it the more it makes a little bit of sense is I don't like the idea that these monsters have been knocking around for 3,000 years and we've only just noticed well I've no. I see. There's something that I was. This is a little bit of trivia that the monsters were supposed to. I think this was probably something that didn't get that didn't make the court. But it was. They were supposed to be like classic monsters, mm-hmm. like I'd, what that um, big I'd, ones I'd read yeti. About that. And yeah. there was a cyclops in there and a yeah. Jersey Devil and stuff. That's in the it. little one that he fights in the kitchen. I love that one. Mm. It's adorable. Well, there's the gargoyle, but there was supposed to be some others. I don't know what mm. that last one was meant to be. No, so, I'd heard that as well, and I like the idea of it being. These monsters have been knocking around and we've sort of noticed. Mm. But I feel like they're they're straight up rampaging towards the end there. Yeah, because that don't Yeti know whether one's that's... massive. It's not yeah. like whenever you think whenever anybody sees a picture of a Yeti, it's usually more like a man who's like yeah, quite just tall having a casual hairy. stroll through a forest and yeah. then runs off. No, that's, but that's a big is... foot. Well that's Yetis basically are in the, the snow. Same. Not really. Well, you no, you have... come on. No, fuck Do off. you know what? Brush up on your cryptozoology. Learn how to say it. You don't even know what it is. <laughs> so suck a dick. Shut your mouth. Anyway, the monster, yeah, the monsters bamboozled me a bit because it did seem like for 3,000 years they'd been almost in hiding, mm. getting glimpsed every now and again. But then, and I don't know if it's maybe to, maybe it didn't translate into the film, but maybe it was to do with the fact that the stars were about to align again, that they started rampaging yeah. about the city like a bunch of morons because that Jersey Devil thing just appears in the kitchen of a diner yeah. and wreaks havoc in there probably in Jersey he's adorable he attacked Kevin Smith so I don't really mind yeah I didn't really mind either mm. he was terrible wasn't he how can you get voices wrong when you don't even really have to do much of it anyway yeah so let's get Skipping back to the bit beginning, shall we so the movie opens with this 3,000 years ago business and then it's like ooh cut to the jungle opens with a really really long narration from Lawrence Fishburne that was oh. totally worth the money that they probably forked out to get him to do can. like three minutes of exposition about what had happened previously I could listen to Lawrence Fishburne talk forever though I think oh I like you know I like He's his voice but I just find it really weird that like like I was saying to you earlier you know, in all the promotion stuff and any of the um, like the cast bits, you see him and he's listed as the narrator and he's talking like quite in depth about what he's doing. And he's he does like a couple of few minutes of exposition and that's it. Yeah. It's yeah, it's very very annoying and jarring. Do he think- doesn't even pop up at the end to give like a wrap up or anything like that or mention I know, anything all the that's way through. Like a, that's like a turtle monologue. Yeah, thing, isn't well, it? I agree that this, that's how it should have been. <laughs> well, yeah, that's what it should be, yeah. but. No, I could listen to him all day. I didn't mind. And I, I think it's one of those things where it kind of... I don't think it necessarily needed him to narrate because you could have easily have had Patrick Stewart narrate the bit about It probably would have made more ago. sense just to have him doing it. Yeah. 
Um, it would have made it actually would have made more sense because then it'd be like, well, hang on a minute, he knows the history of it. That's why he's getting the statues and stuff. He's yeah. a bit of a history buff. It would actually have made more sense. And as much as I like Lawrence Fishburne, I love Patrick Stewart's voice. He does have a wonderful voice. But Lawrence Fishburne's really funny in Blackish. I don't even know what that is. Oh, it's a sitcom with Anthony Anderson in. It's really funny. He executive produces it and plays his dad. He's really funny in it. <laughs> it's a good show. Never heard of it. I'll have to check that out. I've been watching him in Hannibal, and he's pretty wonderful. Hannibal's a really strange pro. Just, just sidebar. Hannibal's a really strange program because I think it's the only program where I actively watch people prepare food that I don't want to eat because it's really creepy. <laughs> it is strange because I was, I didn't realise that we were doing Hannibal in a half shell. Didn't realise that was our podcast. Shut up. All right then. So uh, we're in the jungle, <laughs> and there's a really cool bit. Yes, I really like this bit. I did because you know, um, was it there's uh, some uh, I don't know what federale. It's meant to be like South America kind yeah. of thing, and um, some uh, military types are like pushing locals around, mm-hmm. and a shadowy figure, the ghost of the jungle, the ghost of the jungle, beats the crap out of them, being all stealthy and Batmany and stuff, and then it is uh, the stealthiest I think any turtle's ever been. Yeah, yeah, it really <laughs> is. It really is. And even then, at the end, he still appears and shows himself. <laughs> Nope. And then I assume kills the guy because like you just hear him scream and as he yeah, runs at him so. with a sword, which is pretty brutal. Cause... Yeah, I think so. So, you know, that's uh, that's left open to interpretation, but I didn't see them. Do you know what they should have done? Is You know, when they had the truck roll back into the village, they should have been tied up so that there's no ambiguity about that. But yeah. nor is it really, I don't know, it doesn't bother me. I just thought it was a bit odd for a kid's film. It is a bit odd for a kid's film, but as an adult, I'd have, if I'd have seen him all tied up, I'd have probably thought, oh, I wonder what those people did to him afterwards. Because I'm Nothing like undeserved. That. Kids wouldn't have thought that, but I would definitely have thought that. Well, you know, Donatello does machines. Shut up. You and your weird fucking mind. <laughs> hey, have you seen that T-shirt where it's like the bandana and then it says Leeds does machines and, you know, it's like yeah. the lines? Because I clocked it the other day. I was like, I want that. It is pretty awesome. I want that. I want all the T-shirts. You can't own it because I don't want to have to come around and one day find you <laughs> wearing it. coordinating our T-shirt. Yeah, no, happens. I don't want that. That's terrible. I'm really glad you didn't get this one. I missed the Deadpool, my listed pool T-shirt. I'd been really sad if you'd have. If I'd have come around and you were wearing it, because it's totally something you would own. So It definitely is. It's on my Amazon wish list, and that is not a joke. Anyway, again, this isn't Deadpool in a half shell either. So, um, <laughs> or T-shirts uh, in a half no, shell. No, I, I do like T-shirts, though. Me too. I like I've T-shirts. I've got too many of them. I love T-shirts, I do. I don't have enough but, <laughs> days to wear T-shirts. Yeah. Uh, anyway, so go to the jungle. That bit, I think, is possibly the coolest Leo moment in this movie. Hmm. No, disagree. Ooh. There is another one, but we'll talk about that in a bit. Okay. I really enjoy. Because, like you say, it involves I really rain. Like... Well, yeah. Well, that scene. But that's that's really. Oh, there's another bit, bit right at the end as well. That I quite enjoyed as well during the final fight. But anyway. So yeah, he's all wafted about in the jungle, and oh look, April O'Neil's there. Now this is the thing, right? So unless I'm being stupid, this film is supposed to sort of take place after the first three movies, right? It's... Yeah, it takes place after the third one. Yeah. But it's um, also kind of its own movie, but, it's, yeah, I mean, is, but the, 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 it ref, has references to this them. This is the thing so. that bamboozled me, because it references the other things quite a lot, so I assume they are in continuity. Well, but then April's I, almost an entirely different person. Like, mm, she, she's not a news person, news reporter at all. She, she's more like, she's more in line with the comics counterpart, because she's like hunting down... Relic. I know. I know. Yeah. She. I knew she was never a Tomb Raider type. But it, you, the way I looked at it was artifacts. Yeah. She had like a second hand store. And I know that's like a really big badass. stretch. 
Yeah. I, I don't like this version of April, I'll be honest, because I'd, is it written into Sarah Michelle Gellar's contracts that if she plays a character, it has to kick at least one person's ass? Because like they kind of mm. ruined Daphne and Scooby-Doo yeah. with that and all, even though that film is Terrible. gash anyway. Um, yeah, but then we play uh, Shaggy and Thelma are pretty good, though. Linda Cardellini's kind of beautiful, yeah. isn't she? And Matthew Lilly was really good as Shaggy. Yeah, anyway, anyway, I know that's, that's anyway that's off topic, but <laughs> they, but they were them all the they two. Were, were. Freddie Prince Jr. Shit. <laughs> anyway, um, yeah. So I'm not I'm not keen on her in this movie, but anyway, she mm. is farting about in the jungle trying to find the last of these stone generals. For you find out later, Winters. Patrick Stewart's character, yeah, Winters. Winters. Does I he have a first Max, name? I think it's Max. Is it Max? Max Winters. Winters. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know you know now, Max I'm not Winters. sure. I, I want to say it is. Is his name the, Max Power? <laughs> should be, should have been. Oh, that would have been good, that would. I think, I swear, it's, it's definitely Winters. Something Winters, anyway. Because mm. yes. it's Winters Corp, isn't it? Something it like is, that. yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, so she sort of says to Leo, you, you really ought to come home, dude. Cause... That's it, she just falls down a random hole and he's there to catch her. <laughs> That that's the bit that bugs me. It doesn't bother me Cheesy so much because like at least she she had a reason to be in South America trying to track down these generals because all the names are like um, I think they're There's it's Aguila, rough tra- yeah which is which means eagle because ah. I think this I can't remember if it's Spanish uh, it says it on here loosely translated from Spanish Aguila means cat eagle gato means cat serpiente means serpent and mono means monkey but Aguila's oh. the only one who gets named in the entire film all the others are named in the games. Which you couldn't complete, so I did which complete, probably gives you a reason not, not not to enjoy this uh, this film all that much. <sighs> so yeah, she sort of falls on him and says, "You really ought to come home because everything's a bit of a mess." And this is this is where we get introduced to the idea of the turtles having jobs. I is, liked this. I liked this, but well, two of them. It's yeah, <laughs> it's it's a weird idea because it seems like the only reason they would get jobs is to earn money. But then, at the end of the movie, they don't have the jobs anymore. So they obviously didn't need the money to begin with. So why why bother? Because well, Mikey mm. clearly hates his job. And so yeah. does Donnie, actually. Yeah. They both hate I liked that, though, him being tech support. It did make me laugh. <laughs> Can I just say, and I know I've, t- I've mentioned this to you before, but I really like the guy who did Donnie's voice in this film. And it Barry really, from I, Friends. Yeah, I find it so weird <laughs> that like he's Barry the Dentist from Friends. That's so odd. Whereas the other three are like, le- like uh, are actual voice actors. Because I had a look, he's not really done a great deal of voice no. work. But like Leonardo's James Arnold Taylor, who's done shitloads of stuff. Mm-hmm. Raphael's Nolan North, who's probably one of the more prolific like video game voiceover artists. King and, of- and who's the dude who does who's the dude who does Michael Kelly that's it um, and he's I another one who's also him. like oh he's done a lot of stuff as well if you look at his name yeah. he's done shed loads of stuff I just couldn't remember his name that seems so that seems lazy choosing a guy called Mikey <laughs> to play Michelangelo I don't like that he did a good job though I think yeah yeah. do you know what everybody in the film really apart from maybe Sarah Michelle Gellar does a good job yeah like Patrick, Patrick Stewart's good, you know. Chris Evans. He doesn't is even all, have to do anything though, does well, he? Because no, his voice is just a, wonderful. His, his voice is like wiping your buttocks with silk. <laughs> it is. Okay. Um, Mako was good as Splinter. It was yeah, nice that they actually had a job. Sold about him at all? Well, he's wrong. But we were watching um, it last night, and he was like, "Is he drunk?" And I was like, "I don't think so. I think that's just that's just his voice." Yeah, I love that Mako's movie. always sounded like he smoked like eighty a day since the day the the day he was seven. Apparently, you know, there's like a little throwaway scene where he's like wandering through the kitchen singing a little song to himself. Yeah, that's like a, apparently that was just a, a like accidental recording of him farting about him. No, I was, I was really, adorable. I've got it here. He was um, where is it? It was a. Uh, it's like a lullaby or something, isn't it? 
Yeah, that's it. He's an old Japanese lullaby that he ad libbed for the scene. That's adorable. I know. I like it. Like, dig, 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 like it's such a cute, like little. Uh, it's so sweet. Yeah, it's a shame because it's, it's like this is his last film. Yeah, he didn't but, technically finish it, did he? I think From he got he all has. of the all the stuff. All the important like, yeah. bits. Yeah. I said he didn't get to see it released, and they dedicated it to him, but he didn't get to. I think he did have all of his stuff pretty much, but everything, there was still stuff to finish. Maybe they, they might have had to have changed a few bits and bobs as well. But, yeah, maybe. Which is a shame, but I'd say he's good in it, you know, all of the others. Because pretty much everybody else is either, the only really big names they've got in it are Patrick Stewart, Chris, Chris Evans, Evans, Sarah Michelle Gellar, and Lawrence Fishburne. Everybody yeah. else is like actual voice actors. Yeah. Which I quite like, really, because it's nice that they're not like a shed load of all-stars. Yeah. Do you know what I love is that Kevin, I mean, Ma- are. We, Kevin we Michael know. Richardson plays um, Aguila, doesn't he? Yeah. And he sounds exactly like how he does a yeah. shredder now in the new Turtles cartoon, which I kind of love because he's very suitable for both characters. I appreciated that for a change, uh, Splinter was actually played by somebody Japanese. Yeah. Because I that was nice. What was his name? Kevin Clash in the first one. I don't know Elmer. about the second. Yeah, exactly. Oh, oh dear. Let's not go down that route. The, I don't know who did it in two and three. I don't think it was I him for them ones. Um, but again, I'm reasonably confident it wasn't like an actual Japanese dude. It was Tony Shalob, Shalob in, um, God, in the new one. And he's so far from Japanese, it's unreal. <laughs> uh, in fact, I think, is he not, is he Jewish? Oh, I don't know. Anyway, that's, that's a bit irrelevant, but he's definitely, he's, whatever, he's not Japanese, regardless. Um, the guy from the 80s cartoon want Japanese. The guy from the 2003 cartoon want Japanese. I think maybe the guy from the new one might be. He sounds like he might be, but that, mm. maybe he's just really good. <laughs> Possibly, but I say I'm not, I think as far as I'm aware, this is about the only time he's mm. actually been played by like a Japanese actor. And I really liked him. I thought, he was, you know, I thought he was good in it. Um, I always feel like we don't get enough Splinter in any Turtles mm. movies, though. It was nice to see him kicking ass in this one, I've got to say. Yeah. But uh, anyway, so where did, yeah, where did we get to? Yeah, so like Leonardo. the start still. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so so we, <laughs> we find out Donnie's doing IT tech. Donnie does machines, yeah. Yeah. And Mikey's a... Party sort of dude. Party tech. What, what's he called? Like Cowabunga Carl. Cowabunga Carl, of course. That's it, yeah. Of course he is. Uh, and basically, his job is to go to parties and have kids hit him really hard with yeah. foam nunchucks, I think. I was really sad there was a scene where... Because um, originally, uh, from what I've gathered, because I've watched a load of the DVD extras, like the deleted scenes, mm-hmm. from what I gather, they him it was originally him and Donnie running the business. So like all the bits where, with Donatello behind the computer were him like directing... Michelangelo telling him what to do because mm. he was talking in a headset. So the main thing was Michelangelo going out and doing the party stuff and Donatello helping him run this business because there was a scene where he's taken the head off and he's stuck in traffic in the van and this guy pulls alongside him and he's pretending he's like doing his like still face pretending <laughs> that he's in the suit with his own oh, head which I actually really enjoyed but like I um you can only watch the the extra scenes with like the commentary on you can't turn it off oh. so you can't hear what like how the scene would have played but yeah that's that's how, from I what i gather from what i gather that's how it was originally supposed to play out because there's all sorts of little bits that are different in fact because in this same scene we find out the really well hidden secret from all the toys and the books of who is the night watcher fucking first big man. twist of the movie <laughs> it's do you know, I was so glad that later in the movie they address it and Casey just says, dude, it wasn't hard, you look like a big metal turtle. Because, of course, it's Raph. <laughs> well, they literally, they, they reveal this spoiler from the toys and stuff within, like, they, they might as well have not bothered. Mm. 
Because I remember the toys being like, I mean, it was nice that they put the mask on so you didn't know. So it was like, oh, it's the Night Watcher from the Turtles movie. It's like, you take that mask off, it's going to be like at least one of them, even if you don't know which one it is origin- initially. Yeah. But yeah, that was a, such a, a duff. I didn't, I liked the story point, but the whole point of like the merchandising mechanic kind of a twist was like, this is pretty yeah. stupid. But that whole opening sequence with the bank robbers was originally supposed to be a purse snatcher. Mm. You know, the guy who runs out with a toaster? Yeah. That was meant to be a purse. Oh. Because they have to, they've had to reconfigure the model. That's what, why he's holding the toaster. What difference does it make? Well, if you watch, I mean, it, it's funnier person... that he's trying to run off with a toaster. I'm <laughs> it is, yeah. But I guarantee you that the reason that it's a toaster is because it was probably easier to just sort of recolor the purse no, model. But I mean, like, why not just be a purse snatcher? Like, why probably change it? Probably to at make all? it seem a bit more like he's fighting more than just chasing one guy. I suppose. But that's yeah, that was the original scene. This is where my big point of contention with this movie comes because I I love this film, but the big sort of the big deal is Leo wanting to put the kibosh on Nightwatcher, not knowing that it's Raph, mm. because vigilantism is bad, don't you know? And all I can think is though, you're more vigilantes. One of your best, one of your only two human friends is a vigilante. You've never told him to pack it up, right? From what I gather. Some of the, there's some, there were four prequel comics. There were, I read them. Yeah, and from what I gather, <laughs> Leon, it kind of answered, well, it should have answered it in the film, but from what <laughs> I gather, it answered, the, like, why he's against, like, because apparently, according to the prequel comics, Leonardo thinks that, because they're kind of weird, they should stick to, like, fighting the Triceratons and stuff like that, who aren't mentioned in the film at all, and, and haven't <laughs> been, and weren't in any of the previous movies, but they were in the comics. He, they, he thinks they should stick to the weirder threats like that, and, you know, the Shredder and whatnot, and leave the, the actual human criminals to the police. Whereas Raphael's got a problem with that, because obviously he's, like, filled with rage, you know, he's, yeah. he's, he's like Casey, wants to go out and just help anybody, he doesn't really care. <laughs> so that was, uh, I believe that was why. But again, that should really have been a plot point in the yeah. film. Because I kind of... Because you're right. From what from what I could... like in, in my own head, I was piecing it together. Perhaps he doesn't like the fact that the Night Watch is drawing attention to vigilante behaviours and maybe that would... But they ain't exactly the stealthiest. But they never exactly, have been. Like, like... You're fucking ninjas. You shouldn't need to be worrying about that because you should be better at being hidden. Yeah, they destroy a building halfway through the film, for <laughs> Christ's sake. That's one of my favourite lines in, in the whole film is when Mikey's like, oh, yeah, great, we're back. Yeah. yeah, Give us a 10 for style and an 8 for skill. A 4 for stealth. 2. Oh, two, that was two it, two sorry. <laughs> <laughs> it's just so cute. Do you know what? I, I, I never noticed this. I saw it in the trip here. But like Leonardo, Raphael, and Donatello all have brown eyes, but Michelangelo is blue, which was done by the direct like the director had made that in, made them put it in there, so that Michelangelo would seem a bit more innocent and younger than the other turtles. I did notice the the brown eyes. I didn't notice the blue hmm. because there was I like that. you know how there's always this this like thing going on in all turtles media <clears throat> where nobody really knows if they are technically related turtles now prior to the mutations or not. Now they are. And uh, in this movie, they kind they definitely infer that they are, don't they? Because Mikey makes a joke about, ah, <laughs> that thing looks like your mom, dude. And Donnie's like, well, that, that'll be your mom too, you bronca. Um, I enjoyed that gag. I, I liked this film. That I'll be honest, that... Right, well, well, we'll build to it in a second, because yeah. where are we? We're at the Night Watcher, right? So, at the Night Watcher. He's... So, Spider-Manning people up, basically. Mm, with a chain, oddly. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what that, that ball and chain situation means. No, no, it's not a ball. It's like, it, no, it's like a little, like, a little, very small, like... It's not even a ball. I don't even know what shape to describe it as. Mm. But anyway, 
it hits people know. with metal things. Can't, it's it's going to be it painful. A flail? No. Oh. Anyway, anyway it, doesn't, it doesn't matter. Um, <laughs> it's a chain. He's ghost. He's ghost rider in it more than anything. Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'll give you that. Whipping the chains at him. It's either ghost rider or spawn. Um, <laughs> we'll go ghost rider because it's less shit. Um, <laughs> Is it? Anyway. Yeah, a hundred percent. Heads on fire. Because Spawn's just a rip-off of Ghost Rider and Spider-Man, like, combined. A hundred percent with a little dash of Batman. Anyway, anyway, he, um... So, the, the Night Watcher, he's, uh... Yeah, he's doing all his Night Watchery things. Um, and then I believe, is it not long after that that they see, um... Oh, yeah, that's it. April comes back with the statue. Yeah. And she's ringing Casey Jones. He's been out all night vigilantisming. And uh, she can't get hold of him. She's having a pop at him for being unreliable. And I think they took a lot out of it, but there was supposed to be more of a subplot of their relationship kind of suffering from his vigilantism. Mm. Uh, but they reconcile in the end. Because that's the thing. It's weird. You can see the beginning of it where they're like, oh, she's clearly annoyed with him. Yeah. And then at the end, it's just like, yeah, they're fine. <laughs> there, there's, I like, that's it. I really like this film. But I think it suffers because it's about an hour and 20. It's not long. No. It's I really, could do with more. I could definitely yeah, have done with more. Th- there, there should have been more to it. And the thing is, a kid's film can be long. You don't have to like make a short kid's film. These god-awful Transformers films, I know they're live action and it costs less than it does to do everything in CGI, but they're terrible and kids sit and watch <laughs> them. Kids will sit and watch them and they're like three they hours long. Terrible. They are terrible. My Fucking two have hell. watched Age of Extinction. I haven't. I'm quite happy with that. Ugh. Anyway, my kids are stupid. They're eight. They don't know what they're on about. <laughs> Children are stupid. It's, it's the way they are. I love them, but they're still thick. <laughs> they're not really. You know, they're, they are. They're, they're good kids. But they are they don't... smart enough to listen to this? Because you might want to... No, because, you know, we, we don't use the, the cleanest of language at the best of this times, to be fair. So. This is true. So anyway, um, yeah, so there's the April and Casey sort of... Thing. Yeah, it's, I wouldn't even call it a subplot because it doesn't really play out properly. No, it's just kind of really. there. Like, April, sadly, April and Casey kind of... Like, you you were saying Mikey and Donnie take a bit of a back seat. Like, they're barely even really there. April's, April's there for, like, exposition yeah. at best. And Casey just kind of has, like, a couple of... He's, like, got a couple of good scenes and stuff, but he's not really of much use. Mm. Like, all that money they forked out for Chris Evans was probably... Mind you, at this point, he wasn't Captain America big. This is true. So it probably didn't cost that much. And true. let's be honest, Sarah Michelle Gellar wasn't, like, Buffy heyday at this point. This is 2007. So, mm. so uh, yeah, they probably got her for a song. So Probably. But yeah, this is... Anyway, this is where we find out more about... The whole Winters, Winters collection. Yeah, Winters Corp. Again, situation. more exposition from April when she explains who the company are and how they do everything, apparently. Yeah. We find out that uh, if you break vases in the, uh, in the, in the atrium. Foyer. Yeah, the foyer, the atrium. <laughs> oh, I was going to say atrium, but either oh, way, either or, either or. Oh, foyer's pretty fancy, to be fair. If you'd have said reception, that's not very fancy. In his living room. <laughs> yeah. No, his living room's upstairs. You see that later. It is fancy. Um, that's a fancy office. In fancy mansion. Um... But his, uh, in the, yeah, we find out if we break a vase in the uh, in the entrance. Yeah, that's better. More us. That's worse. <laughs> it's, it's rude for some reason. Why? What is wrong with you? I don't know. Fucking but anyway, if you break yeah, a vase... If you break a vase in the entrance, it locks the door. I thought that was a really weird thing to include until later. Yeah. Well, now, well in that <laughs> weird, it's like, I'm gonna, I know he's like dozy and stuff, but like surely they'd have been in... Like That's obviously an antique with all the money he's got. Yeah. One, why is it not in a proper display case anyway yeah. in the entrance? Yeah. But... But Why two, is it on a flimsy pillar that can be really easily knocked over? Yeah, it's like, oh, it's, oh, I, I wonder if this will come back later. Spoiler alert, yeah, 100% yeah, it, definitely it does, will. like, totally. <laughs> but uh, then we go upstairs and meet, um, what's his name, Winters. Yeah. 
who uh, has who gives April a kiss on the end and then pulls that classic dick move of pretending he can't. He doesn't know her boyfriend's name. I call him Kenny. Prick. Yep. What a prick. And uh, Ooh, know, Well, after they've had a, after they've done a meeting. Yeah. Because then we find out that Winters is all weird when he starts referring to the statues as his family or whatever, yeah. even though he's got no reason to. Or has he? Yes, he has. Do you know what I noticed? And I'd, I'd read this before, um, although it's not on the trivia anymore. There's a Triceratops skull in the background. Apparently that's meant to be a hint at the Triceratons. I'd never noticed that. Hmm. There you go, you see. Boom. Oh. Drop some knowledge bombs. <laughs> right in your face. <laughs> that, that, to be fair, did sound rude. <laughs> that did sound yeah, don't rude. Drop I'll anything give, on my face, I will please. give I'll give you that one. That sounded a bit rude. Can we not? Um <laughs> This is Karani's first movie appearance. Yeah it is. Yeah it is. She's not in the set. she's not in no, the third she's one. Not. You're not right, in the well second done. one. She's in the first one. Oh it's on here, it's in my defence. Because her first you appearance cheer. No, I, I actually knew that anyway, and I also knew that the first proper appearance in any media was in the two thousand and three series. Because oh. that series followed the comics a lot more. Obviously toned it down a bit, but mm. yeah, that I was her first appearance. That. Well, sidebar. I just. I know, I know you can't, but you know, you've broken. It's not hard. It's good program. It's It's a good program. I I reckon if you'd started watching it before you started watching the 2012 series, you probably wouldn't have had as big a deal with it. I might have done. Yeah, I don't know. I just. Is it because it's a bit more serious? I don't know if it's that. I just think there's some really weird choices, voice acting wise, and yeah, but it's all non plot wise. Like almost immediately. Okay. Definite sidebar. Almost immediately, they bring in like a Superman level superhero, like in episode eight, nine, something like that. There's no need for yeah, the turtles not... to exist in a city where that where that's. To be fair, though, like Why the turtles had only been, yeah, and... but the turtles had only been going a few issues when they dealt with like they dealt with the shredder and it was all ninja clans. Then all of a sudden, it's like interdimensional space travel, and from no, no reason, but... they're on the planet Utron. That with, sort like, of the... thing I can I can get behind. It's the fact that was there's no need for vigilantes to exist if Superman's in your city. That's what I'm saying. That the turtles shouldn't have to worry about the foot because they would not be operational. In, in their defence, like right? In around. their defence, I can't remember his name. That's bothering. In me. their defence, Metropolis had got several other superheroes operating in it. Booster Gold used to operate in Metropolis for a brief while while mm. Superman was still there. The Guardian operated in Metropolis, and I know there was plenty more. So I swear, I didn't like Superboy float around there as well? And I know there have been some others, like some other like low-level heroes and that. You can't be everywhere at once, all right, yeah? No, but I don't think an organisation like the Foot could exist at mm. all if Superman even had a hint that they were getting up to anything. It's because they're, like, super, super stealthy, yeah? And he hasn't got, like, super stealth sense, so he can't... Anyway. Anyway. Because he's not in the TMNT movie. No. So don't worry. I don't have to worry Chill about your him. boots, yo. I'll calm myself. And, um... <laughs> fuck's sake. Anyway, so Karai, in her first movie appearance, yes. appears, and, uh... They make jokes or whatever, and they find out that Winters has hired them, so you kind of think he might be a bad guy, but, you know, I don't know, maybe, who knows. We'll find out in a bit. So then we cut to the... We, no, we cut to Leonardo coming back to the city. Yes, in quite that. a yeah. fun way. Yeah, but not in a this, not in a, a, a way that would... Because he'd be dead. <laughs> this, no, he'd be dead. You can't hang... Because This isn't the, the kind of film you expect realism in. <laughs> yeah, yeah, I do. Come in on, all things. No, right, seriously. <laughs> Have you not heard in the news recently about those, like, there was a guy's body yes. found on a roof? <gasps> oh, my God, right? terrifying. Yeah, right. If you if you stow away in those in them things, there's no, there's, they're not pressurised like, on, the, on the, uh, the landing gear. Yeah. I don't know why. Glad no one else can see that. Um, when Duncan stole, just did a very, very wanky motion. A very suggestive. suggestive with a very massive penis. A very suggestive. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm insatiable. Um, 
wow. I, uh, I'm going to regret that. Anyway, um, I hope that that's not the episode title for this one. Please don't let that be. I'm insatiable. Episode number six. Anyway, um, yeah, if you're in like, if you stow away in the, in the landing gear, mm-hmm. then as you go up, cause it's not pressurized, there's like very little oxygen because of the, like where you go up to, it's the so high up in the atmosphere. Well, it's right? minus like God knows how many degrees. It's really low temperatures. And like there's one guy who made it, but he's on like life support because he's nearly dead. And they think that the other guy fell off the plane and landed on top of the roof that was right near like the flight path. It's, it's horrible. It's fucking terrifying. But yeah, that's that that's what had happened because that really bugs me. But anytime. I don't want to see that in a kids' movie. No, it's no, cool if I don't want to see. I know, I know. Yeah, but he's it cold. He's cool. cold. Hey, he's cold blooded. He'd definitely be dead. He wouldn't be able to act low temperatures. And then He'd he be like dived into the sea and was all like, what, what? Yeah, he got a wonderful. jet. He got a glider pack and everything. Where'd that come from? He's been in the jungle. Yeah, but maybe he stowed a lot of things in the jungle. You don't know. He might have a lot of jungle hidey holes. That sounds so weird. Oh, Stacey Taylor. Well, according to the video game I played on the Xbox One, for some reason he finds a magic tablet that lets him pass through walls. Yeah, they did that in the Wii game as well, which makes no fucking sense. No, and you only get it for that one level right at the end, and you never use it again. It's like, why even bother? This is a total waste of time. It's the point of view. Anyway. That game sucked. Dig so hard. Oh my god, didn't it? Anyway. Did you did did the Xbox One have that level where you have to? No, three hundred and sixty did. This was two thousand and seven. Oh. Remember? No, I said the Xbox One. Oh, as in sorry. The game all right, okay, all right. The Xbox. Did it? Did it have that level where you were in like a lab or something? You had to climb up platforms that were retreating into the walls. Yes, wasn't it the tower though? Oh god, they drive me fucking you know insane. What, do you know what you think that? Well, see, I actually didn't hate the game that much. It wasn't great, but. It was clear. It was the Wii version. Was flash, the Wii version had a really yeah, glitchy the, well, control thing. That's all Wii games. Like, the Wii <laughs> control system is dog shit. I yeah, never it liked it. The only thing it was terrible. good for was Wii bowling. But the, the the PSP the PSP version of this game, because obviously it's a smaller console, they had to strip it down, mm. and it was like a rail thing where you had to jump from rail to rail and get to the end of the level. It was shit. It was kind of like Temple Run, but you had to pay to play it instead. <laughs> And it costs like, you know, 20 notes instead. And it was absolute dog shit. It's one of the worst games I've ever played. I hated it. Awesome. But anyway, on a different... Leo's on, back. Yeah. But that is, to be fair, about the TMNT. True. So Leo's back. <laughs> he is back. And uh, back again. he has a little chat with Splinter. That's it. He goes to the sewer. Mike, oh, no, this is after, isn't it? Yeah, sorry. Yes. Is this when you find out that Mikey snores the word dude? <laughs> Probably, yeah. That's adorable, but yeah. also really weird. <laughs> yeah, I really enjoyed that. Because, yeah, because he jumps up and goes mental and hugs him and keep, tells him he has nightmares about birthday parties, yeah. <laughs> Aww. And uh, has to get all snarky and I was going to say, Raph's suitably a dick. Yeah, dickish. In this scene. Oh, the, 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 this is the fun thing about this film, is that they both seem overly cross with each other for not a lot of reason. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Raph's just like, yeah, you, fucking, fucking off to the jungle. And Leo's like, oh. I was sent there. He's like, ah, well, fuck it. No, you're still a brick. (laughs) No, he's annoyed. He's annoyed for it because he feels he abandoned them. And he's annoyed because Raphael won't, he he thinks he'll just fall, he'll fall back into line. Yeah, fall back into line straight away when he won't. But he's, I don't know why he's so surprised by this. He's always been a bit of an art, like, no, I I don't want to say arse. I don't mean, I mean, he's always had like a chip on his shoulder and that. Why did Splinter send Leo to the jungle to learn about leadership on his own? I don't know. Big fat question. I don't know. Mark. I don't. Yeah, because like you'd think, really, like a paintball retreat would have probably been better to yeah, teach him yeah, teamwork like an, or something like that. Like an orienteering like group. Yeah, that's or it. Something. Like build a bridge out of these, you know, things. Like you know, like they all got to stay away in a log cabin and do, yeah. you know. 
obstacle yeah. course, jungle run, something like that. Yeah, yeah, that sort of thing, you know. Not on his own. How do you learn leadership by yourself? Yeah, it doesn't make any sense, it does doesn't. it? But, but let's not look for I don't know. Look, that's the thing. There is a, is a kids' film at the end of the day. It's a good kids' film. It's not like, it's not Wreck-It Ralph or Big Hero 6 good. No. Or Frozen good. <laughs> Fick off, mate. It's a million times better than that piece of arse water. Oh, I, I like knowing where the buttons are to press. <laughs> and it amuses me. So, yeah, Raph's in a grump. And as usual. As per usual. I forget where the film goes now. Is um, this where we start right, seeing the that's monsters? that's where they do. That, right, okay. So they want to, he, he, Splinter says, until you're a, a full team again, you can't go, uh, you can't go f- basically fighting crime. Yeah. Or something to that effect, because I know he said, because I, I swear he said about not going above the surface, but they're above the surface doing training, and I think they're saying like, no, we, you know, you know, we're not going to fight crime, but we can do some rooftop training mm-hmm. because they're there on the rooftop, and you know, Mikey and Donnie are cracking jokes about jetpacks and you know, video game scores, and Raphael's being a dick to Leonardo, and Leonardo's getting pissed off at him, <laughs> and then they hear a loud roar and they run across that crane. To go and see that uh, conveniently, you know, empty, being built, building, mid, you know, I don't, want to, uh, I don't know what mid-construction. it was. Mid-construction, yeah. A building that's mid-construction. Although in between that scene, again, there's another deleted scene where they were supposed to be playing this game called Ninja Tag, where, like, each one has to help the other one get, like, where they're going mm. through teamwork. And, like, um, was it uh, Donnie and Mikey make it to the other side in next to no time? Because obviously they're always in sync with each other, and also they're fucking brilliant. That's it. But Raph and Raph and Leo are so pissed off with each other that like Raph keeps dropping him, and then Leo keeps doing stuff across him. But they took it out because he said that the, I think it right like, it cut the flow of the movie or something like that. Mm. But I think that might have broke it up a nice nice little break up of that. I think that would have been a nice little action segment. It would have been nice to see Donnie and Mikey do a bit more mm. worthwhile stuff as well. Yeah, because they only really get. Well, no, they crack they a get, few jokes. They don't get anywhere anything near as like any anywhere near as good as the like the rain sequence. No, we'll get there. Though. Yeah, yeah. But um, um, so anyway, so they get Yeti to the building. Thing? Yeah, they see that yeti and the foot are all fighting him, and uh, they're just sat there watching them to begin with because they're not they're not fighting. And then of course Raphael, as always, has to like bomb in and <laughs> start like you know yeah beat everybody's head in. Can I just say I really like Nolan North as Raphael. He's probably my favourite Raphael. Ooh. No, I've told you this before. Ooh. This isn't controversial. I, I like him. He, he's really tough. He does a really good, he really and he's tough. got such a like strong Brooklyn accent. Mm. <laughs> I I like it. He's he's one of my favorite. And I'll be honest, thinking, I really like James Arnold Taylor as as Leonardo. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I'm thinking. I agree with you, Amra. Mm. Because oh, sorry, Rob. Yeah, but he's I like he's, yeah, he's without like a doubt the best, the best Donatello. Donatello. Yeah, without a doubt. Do you know I'm a little bit like Leo's. So nondescript most of the time, and that's not. I to, like, like James pick on Arnold the voice Taylor actors, in this. I, I thought think... he was brilliant because he brought like during that. Well, during the rain scene, yeah. him and Raph like it's, it gets really, really emotional. And I thought they were brilliant. I mm. thought they worked so well together because I'm not sure. I could be wrong, but did them four like record in the same studio? Because I know they don't normally do that. I have no idea. Because I swear I read somewhere that that's what they did. They had them four mm. in like in the same booth, like interacting with each other. But um, I mean, again, like Mikey Kelly's he's great as Michelangelo, and and you know Barry the dentist is really good. <laughs> sorry, sorry, Barry the orthodontist. My apologies. Yeah, I've been right. watching a lot of Friends recently. I don't Me know too. why. Me neither. I don't even really like it that much. I do, but it's, I've found it's it really... Right. I think do you know why I've been watching it because all these years of watching it on E4, not knowing where things fit in, because it's always like series three, <laughs> series five, series. 
10, you know, mm. all of those. It's nice to finally figure out where things actually happened. That makes sense. Not that I need to know. Why am I even watching it? I've got lots of things. I haven't watched True Detective. Anyway. Me neither. Or Fargo. I've really got to get oh, well, through Yeah, them. get a grip, man, and watch Fargo. I know, it's I know. Good. I've got it. And I've got to catch up on Game of Thrones. Anyway. Anyway. Anyway, listen, this isn't catch-up TV This isn't Stacey's pop culture parlour. Yeah, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't TV in a half shell, all right? Um, this isn't the parlour in a parlour in a half shell. Damn it, that doesn't work. Shut up. Anyway. <laughs> Yeti. See, this is why I've got to come on the parlour at some point so I can actually just... Talk about wa- other So things. we can yeah. just waffle. Yeah. <laughs> That's what I... Ha- we've got to do it at some point just so okay. I can get it out of my system and actually try and do this as the fucking turtles. <laughs> so <laughs> so they, they decide to join the Yeti fight. Yeah, and then Karai the jumps retreat, in. because yeah. well, fucking hell. Well, for starters, you've got the fight between Leo and Karai because he's trying to convince them that, he's, that they're trying to help them. Yes. To, to fight this giant monster. They retreat because they suck. The turtles beat... Well... Try and beat up the Yeti. There's that really weird bit. You know, there's one thing that really bugs me in this whole fight scene is the bit with Donatello where he stops himself falling down an elevator shaft yeah. using nothing but his staff. Bow staff, yeah. Yeah, but he doesn't prop it into anything. He uses it to stop himself. Now, I'm not sure if you understand how physics work. No, I can't remember this. No, I remember this now, happening, but for some reason in my head, I thought he'd caught it between two. As far as I can tell, from what I'm I from what again, I noticed, I swear, from what I noticed, and you can add a little addendum in the um, <laughs> in, in the actual episode description if you want to say that I'm wrong, I don't care. I swear down, he just props it on the top of like where he's falling down not underneath anything and then just hangs himself somehow from there because I remember him trying to look at me I'm in an elevator like that's not a funny quip no that's not there's his a, fault there's a, couple of, a... there's a couple of Donny lines that really make me cringe like um, mm. skipping ahead a bit there's a bit where he's looking at a tranquilizer dart and he oh, says oh I love that bit I hate his I thought so it was so Donatello so he's looking at it with a, with a magnifying glass and he says well I'd say this has Winter's name all over it and they go why and he says because <laughs> it's got Winter's name all over it <laughs> I loved it especially because they even Christ. put even put like the bit with everybody asking like what makes you say that like that was brilliant I, I love that bit it actually oh. makes me physically cringe. Oh, oh I love oh. that bit. Oh no. Of all the di- <laughs> look, of all the duff moments in the turtles like media, like come on now, that's Oh god, yeah, yeah. It's not as bad as his his devil Giant mouth from the first one. Top um his devil mouth. So they're not doing a very good job of fighting this Yeti because this Yeti's fucking monstrous and mm. massive. And then the Stone Generals appear and but they don't see the stone generals because no. the building, a little bit of the building collapses on top of them. They get the Yeti somewhere. Oh, yeah, that's They're it. Super that's that's one thing that we missed out, actually, is that Did Winters they? had got some weird technology which glows red, like the, the MacGuffin light that yeah. he puts on them and brings them back to life. But they're still stone. They're just moving and things now they're still stone but they're also they're like they're sentient they've got yeah. their personalities but they're yeah they're, they're still made out of stone and effectively immortal but yeah. this thing like Winters has got it pretty good because at least he's immortal and human because they them stone generals kick off when he wants to like you know make them normal again it's like I wouldn't want to be immortal and made of stone that sucks but- that was the thing that'd be pretty boss but then you still have a stone stone wang <laughs> I'm just thinking practically that's all um I I don't know actually because wouldn't you be like stronger and stuff if you were immortal and stone? Yeah, but what are you going to do? You can't enjoy food for starters. You probably really, like can keep you? breaking. Can you things. even feel? Exactly. This is what I mean. It'd be like I'd rather I'd rather just you know live a short normal life and yeah, me you know, too. Than not be able to do it because food's food rocks. We're getting so unless like you know it's pizza that's been crispy fried. Oh my god. 
Fucking Asda. Brick, brick pizza. It weren't Asda, it was the fucking oven. <laughs> We've never done right, that before. We, we cocked up a pizza. We've never done that before. We've That's never done that before. Anyway. Was, you could kill someone with that pizza. Brick pizza. Anyway. Yeah, um, so the stone so the stone generals come like and, and tech them the in a Yeah, they tech them in a modified garbage truck. Mm-hmm. Which I assume was done. I'm, I'm making. I'm saying that condescendingly, but I'm assuming that was probably done for like a disguise purposes. But it's never really referenced in any way. No. So they collect uh, the pizza. But pizza. They, call- <laughs> they, they collect the pizza monster. They collect the monster, <laughs> and he disappears. Well, for as far as the turtles are concerned, he disappears because they've kind of been briefly incapacitated and don't know what's going on. They disappear. Coppers Mikey says appear. that funny sight, funny uh, quote you've already just said. Yeah. You know, two for sto- stealth. <laughs> and then it's cut to the morning time and Splinter finds out that they've gone out Can I just say, the fight. idea that Splinter watches Gilmore Girls made me so fucking happy. Do you know what I'm... He's going to sit down and watch his stories. Do you know what I wish that they actually... There was another deleted scene that was probably one of the cutest things that I've ever seen. I right? need to watch these. Oh, it's lovely. But again, like Kevin Monroe, I mean, it's not his fault that it's the people who programmed the DVD, they should have let you select whether you want the commentary or not. Mm. He's talking over it, but it's a really cute scene where um, Mikey's just come back from the birthday party and he's got some cake wrapped in foil. And um, he's he's trying to sneak it past Donatello who takes it off him because he's saying, like, look, he's old, you know, he can't have it because it's his birthday cake. And um, Mikey's got another piece hidden away and, like, sneaks it over to him and he gives it to him. And I was like, that's such a love. I really liked it. It was a really that's nice, so cute little sweet. scene. But And it was such... I don't know why they didn't put that in because it wasn't a big... That's not going to add too much I, time to you running... Do, do you know why I think they did it? I think it was because it would have come about... It would have come around about the time when Mikey comes back and he's done the skating through the sewer. Yeah. And he comes back to a, an empty lair. And obviously they want to emphasise the fact that, like... Obligatory skating scene. Yeah, but that was a pretty boss it is a good scene, one. to be fair, even if the, it's set to jet. I don't mind that song, I'll be honest. No, but, it, you know, there's some, all... there are some kind of curious choices in this film. It, it has but... a weird soundtrack. Mm. We'll get onto that later. But um, well, It's got yes. one of your favourite Turtles-based songs on there. Has it? Shell Shock. Oh, yeah, yeah, I do love that you song. You love that song. You bamboozled yeah, me then, because I thought, is there some other song I mean, yeah, it's not, you know, it's not Turtle Power, but, you know, it's all right. It's pretty good, although the lyrics make no sense. Anyway. It make more sense than the one from the new movie. But, well, no, the, the new movie makes sense. That just It's just not the Turtles yeah, at not, all. Yeah. But let's not but, go down that route. <clears> so, uh, so the generals take the monster back to Winters, and that's when Winters reveals that he, I think this is when he reveals it isn't it that what he's going to do is collect all these monsters because the stars are, of Keegan are about to align again that's it but he, and he that look, will they get, they force cast them in all a... back into the dimension they came from or whatever and also it will turn them all back human and mortal no he doesn't reveal that part because that's because the stone warriors are still working for him at that point yes if you remember. you're right but he's um, they are it's that bit where Karai comes up and has a pop at him and he's like he's he's, he's stood at an angle that like where he from like like a like an, a camera angle that makes him look kind of threatening, mm. and that's when you're thinking like, oh, he's the villain because the other the generals come and step around him, and it's all sort of very threatening. Ooh. And of course, he's Patrick Stewart. I'm sorry that your illustrious band, you know, that's what he <laughs> says things like that. Something about honor. Yeah, that's it. But um, but but yeah. So there's that's we find out he's collecting these, and he's he's he makes yeah, so he makes that. I was like. <laughs> It's going to be quite a party because he's doing. It. He's, he also he sounds. He just sat. There's those bits where they're really MacGuffin bits where they're meant to like misdirect you and throw you off as if like, oh, he's the villain. He's not though, is he? There isn't really a villain at all in it apart from them monsters, but they're not the villains because. Well, no, by, I suppose by... the generals are the, the villains, but yeah, when but you when think you about think... it, they they just don't want to die. 
Yeah, in, in, in all <laughs> that's fa- not that villainous. No, but he's. Gonna, I don't want to die. No, but when there's not, like I say, there's not really a villain because when you think about it, the vi- when you think of the villain, it's always the one who's in control of the plot, mm. and like the one who's in control of the plot is actually doing a good thing. So there's not really a yeah. villain. It's more of like a struggle. The whole story is more like a struggle between Leonardo and Raphael, and then there's like that's su- the subplot. It's a subplot, really. It's not really even the main plot when you think about it. The that's subplot true. is that dude trying to send these monsters back. But you don't find that out until right near the end. Mm. Spoiler alert. Um, but serious, I mean, honestly, if you're listening to this podcast and you've not seen this film, it's probably not the podcast for you. But at this point, it looks like we're about, well, according to our time, we're about 55 minutes odd in. So, <laughs> so if you've only, again, if you've only realized that at this point, then again, sorry about that. <laughs> but in all fairness, you've not paid to listen to this. So, you know, quit your bitching. Um, <laughs> Can't say that to the listeners. Why? It's free. It's free. Freetainment. That's true. It's you know. a bit rude, but okay. What? Let's move on. Anyway, so Winters is yeah. He's been all like, "Oh, I'm a bit evil," or "Am I?" or "Am I? Am I evil?" Ooh, anyway, um, then I th- is the next scene not? You've got notes. You should know this. Well, is I've, the next scene? I, I get the feeling that the next scene is to do with. Is it not the one with Raph and Casey on the rooftop where they're yeah, talking? Yeah, where they find the gargoyle thing and they follow Well, there's that, they, they find that mugger because he's dressed up as the night... No, is this the bit when he's the night watcher? No, I think we've accidentally skipped that bit. Yes, yes, I think we have because there's a bit with the night watcher where he calls him his, um, his sidekick. I can't remember whereabouts that falls. Yeah, Casey basically runs across him trying to catch that same bloke who nicked a toaster. No, no, it was the head robber. The head robber. Of, That's right, it, the right. one who says, the it, the one who says uh, was it, I love your work ethic, Tommy. It's an inspiration to us all. Again, this is really <laughs> sad that I, I, I haven't even prepared notes. I've seen this film, like, mm. legitimately at least eight times, I mm. think. I'm pretty sure. Twice in the cinema for definite. Um, I never got to see it at the cinema. That's one oh, thing I kind of regret. I went regret. to see it with Rich, and then I was like, Mum, I'm taking you to see it because I love it so much. Yeah, so by this point, then, Casey knows that Raph is the Night Watcher, which is very obvious anyway, because he does look like a big metal turtle. Um, so there's... I like that little line, you know, when he, Raph's calling him up to the roof, and he says something about... what is? I can't remember, it's a very airplane kind of joke, where, like, he says, um, what is it, Psst, Casey, the roof, and he says something like, what is it? It's like, what is it? And he's like, you're not the, the roof, roof is, don't you? <laughs> <laughs> like I really enjoyed that because but the fun, the thing is he delivers it like Raphael delivers it so seriously as well like as if he's not joking. It was like what that's brilliant. I thought that was brilliant. But um, uh, yeah, so they they come across the um, I can't are they actually are they patrolling or something? Um, I or don't know because I can't remember. It, there's a scene where they have a heart to heart on the roof and Raph falls asleep. Yeah, yeah. And then there's another. It's there's definitely another not scene. that one because no. he leaves him. So no, I was going to say that. And then there's another scene where they. They're wondering about the rooftops and they happen across this gargoyle, That's it. chase it, and then this is when they actually see the Stone Generals for the first time? Yes, yeah, because they accidentally uh, clock them because they, they, they get the, what is it, they're, they can't, they're, they're chasing the gargoyle, it disappears, comes belting back up the side of the building, and all of a sudden these chains come and drag it down. And um, whilst it they're hiding... It falls at the roof, doesn't it? Which makes it all a jaggy day. Oh, hang on a minute. Because um, that's how they get found out, is that Casey leans on a bit of the roof that the gargoyle is like, scratched and it falls off yeah and that weird one who's like all sort of quick and fast and whatever climbs up the building and goes for him but i remember that because there must have is there not a scene where they actually encounter the stone generals or see them or something because i know there's a bit where um because raphael uh, casey says uh that raphael says, oh did i forget to mention the stone generals and raphael said uh, casey says uh, you know, you forgot, you left that part no out. he's talking about the monsters he was like oh did i not did i forget to mention the massive monsters that we, we fought a monster last night. 
or something like that. Referencing the Yeti. I swear he talked about the Stone Generals as well. Mm, I, I thought he did. Any, any, well, anyway, you, you, they, Casey meets the Generals for the first time, anyway, at the very least. Yeah. And that's when um, that's when Raphael gets that... Uh, that st- no, he gets that stone thing in the back of him as well, if you remember that. Oh, like, yeah, that, like granite, weird... stony ninja star That's thing. it, yeah, yeah. And does, is that when he gets the hit? Yeah, because he gets hit with the trank dart as well. <laughs> There's a great um, bit with the smoke pellet thing where he tries to run off in case yeah. he just doesn't know at all and just like yeah. chokes to death on which him. I find odd as funny as it is like he'd know what that is by now after hanging around with them for as long as he has I done. suppose but you know maybe a little bit of warning next time so I know well I'm to be fair this is the first time they're actually being stealthy so yeah it's probably like oh well in the other films he just sort of stood there and shouted in the street and fought people so you know <laughs> there's a, there's a, so he gets he gets hit with this tranquilizer dart and they go and hide in what looks like a rooftop like store cupboard I don't know what the fuck this thing is they're on a roof yeah. still, but they're also in a cupboard full of like brooms and shit. To um, be fair, like I know I've, I don't know why I've never lived in New York, so I wouldn't know. Although so apparently there's only one New York um, like location that you see, which is like I think it's the Brooklyn Bridge or something like that. Yeah. Um, everything else is all fictional cityscape. But like having seen films set in America, on like when you go to a rooftop, sometimes they have like thing like little things like that, like store mm. covers, because I've like some people keep pigeons on the tops of the roofs and stuff like that. I don't know. I don't know. It's, um, I don't know. I'm just I'm speculating <laughs> again. Hey, if anybody listens, because I've done quite a few people listen to this in America. A few, yeah. Yeah, let us know. Listen, we'll give you the email address later on. <laughs> the only person who's actually emailed us is Kieran Anthony Anthony Round, and and if he's actually still alive at the time of this recording, which I really I'm making, really we're joking, we're joking, but I hope he is. Like. <laughs> Then, you know, can somebody else email us as well? But thank you, Kieran, for the heartfelt email that you sent last week. What um, was the subject heading? Yes, I do have an email address, you pricks, or something along those lines. I thought lines. he called us bastards. Might have been bastards. Something. Anyway. Um, so they hide, in this, little, the show, though, they hide so. in this little store cupboard uh, because the one of the Stone Generals is trying to like rip their faces off by mm. the looks of it. And, and the luckily the coppers come, come along, uh, so the Stone Generals run off. Raph passes out from the tranquilizer. <laughs> they take him, like Casey takes him back to their apartment and gets the other turtles up. And I absolutely love. There's a really small exchange between Raph and Leo where they're trying to check if he's okay. And Raph says something along the lines of, "Why don't you just go back to your jungle, or something?" Oh, that's and Leo's it. Why just haven't, like, oh. haven't you already gone back to the jungle already? Something like that. Yeah. Swatting him away. <laughs> Leo just so blandly replies, "Like, oh, at least his personality is still intact." I really enjoy. I love that line, and I don't. Oh, it's so funny. I enjoyed how Professor Exposition gives more exposition Ooh. when she examines that stone throwing star thing and knows exactly what it is. Like, oh, it's she says obsidian or something like that. Yeah, yeah. This, that, and the other. It's from this era. It's like, is it though? Something you about some carbon, generals. You do can you carbon gen, carbon date things. Oh, and she gives like the ex- she, is it that scene or is it a bit later on where she starts going on about like the the, the stars of Keek and aligning and this that and the other. I think. I think at first when she's uh, she mentions the leg- the the legend of Yautel, which is Patrick Stewart's name three thousand years ago, mm. and so she tells the story about the generals and stuff. Then, so I imagine that must have been when she talks about the stars of Keekin. How does everybody well. keep finding out about this? Like, I wouldn't you wouldn't wouldn't this be like lost to the ages if it's three thousand yeah, years old? Or wouldn't everyone know? Yeah, it like, seems like it. It, it seems, seems like, like a fairly important story. There might be an immortal man running a boot. Yeah, it does <laughs> seem like that should be one of two ways. Either nobody knows, in which case, like, I'm not being funny, but all she does is like, like, buy. But all she does really, when you think about, it, she, they sort of kind of treat her like a Lara Croft character. But mm. all she does is buy antiques for rich people and yeah. ship them over. 
Because that's basically what her company is, is a shipping company. Yeah. But it's gotten big enough that she's got, like, she's not a reporter anymore. She's a nope. shipping magnet. <laughs> magnate, however you pronounce it. Magnet. Magnet sounds better. <laughs> I swear it's pronounced magnet. But... I'm sure it's magnate. But Rich. still, that sounds wrong. Magnate. Magnate. Shut up, you. Magneto. Um, thank you, Rich, for uh, the correction. <laughs> <you>. Anyway. <laughs> um, yeah, she. so she's somehow become a shipping magnate, and you know, that's all she does really is ship artefacts, but apparently also, as well as serving as like exposition bot, she knows everything about ancient cultures, which really she shouldn't, which like I could say, every, either everyone should know, yeah. and in which case they'd like, even Casey, like, oh, I've heard that story, or, you know, yeah. it's one of the turtles. Oh, the stone Donnie, at the one. least. Yeah, exactly. So they they start getting suspicious of Winters uh, when, you know, Winters' name's all over the... <laughs> oh, fuck's sake. Um, it's funny. And I think they must put two and two together in their heads and, and come up with five and think, oh, we must obviously be, I don't know, trying to do something with the stars and what do they think he's trying to do well i'm not sure because i was trying to figure this out right because okay so Raphael gets incapacitated but then i think they're down he leaves don't he He walks away at yeah, some point across. but it, it, it's got to be not long is it not it's, it when, it's be... when he comes around pretty much isn't yeah, it he's he... just like fuck it i'm going to patrol or some shit that's no he quits doesn't he, he quits the team and then um you can't they're quit all the family. Well, I know. I know. <laughs> come on Raph. but then they're all down in the sewer like drawing up plans and figuring out what's going on. And for some reason, Donatello has made a computer model of what will happen if the portal gets opened. Oh, that's what it is. They think he's trying to open the portal to let more monsters out, don't they? Yeah, but that's the weird thing. Like, how would they know about that? How would he have this computer model of something that happened three years? How would he, how would he be able to create a, a, um, a simulation for this computer model of like what might happen <laughs> something that's never happened in the in in, in modern day happened three thousand years ago that apparently only one like a couple of people know about mm-hmm. I, I, that really bothered also, me. Also, if only thirteen monsters came in the first time, why wouldn't it only be another thirteen? Because I think that time he closed the portal before any more got mm. out. I, I I can only assume. Again, it's another one of these little pits that, as much as I enjoy this movie, there are there are. You could fly a plane through some of the plot, plot holes in it. <laughs> yeah, you, you really could. could. But, um, yeah, they work all that. I do enjoy that little line about, oh, it's like Haley's Comet, but with monsters. Yeah. From Mikey. But uh, then Leo <laughs> Leo makes reference to Raph being gone, and he goes out. Look, he, he wants to put a stop to the Night Watcher. That's, That's it. That's what he so wants to do. Whilst everyone else is dealing with this, like there's the, again, there's like another side story, because I was as I was watching it last night, I was, I was really... I don't know why I was noticing things I've never noticed before because I watched this on a I watched this film like at least maybe once a year or so since it's come <laughs> out like mm. I really like it I watch Me it with too. the boys every now and again as well you know it's a good film but I never clocked before that like him going out to find the night watcher is kind of out of place and and it's strange for the flow of the movie because they're on about all these monsters so you think that'd take priority instead mm. of him bombing out to do what's effectively nothing that would wait yeah you know this global threat's a bit more serious and i say if like it says in the comics he's more interested in dealing with that why is he going after the, the night watcher he can wait yeah that is weird i'd never even thought about that they don't have to mix up the priorities if it ain't going to find the, the if it ain't going to defeat shredder instead of going to find the technodrome it's going to find the night watcher instead of stopping these stars of keekan from aligning or whatever bullshit i've got to say though this leads to two of my favorite scenes in the movie which is the mm. uh the Black Betty themed. Oh, the Jersey Devil bit. Do you know the what? Jersey was... Devil part. Right, I was reading about this. You'll like this. I you know the that bit. That version of Black Betty. It's a good. It's a good song. You know the bit where the fridge falls on him. 
and yes. the music stops. That was an accident. <laughs> that was a happy accident because That's it was a, there was an accident with the um, uh, when they were doing the sound mixing. But they said oh, it was so funny that when he burst through it, it starts again that they kept it in. That's amazing. Mm, but it makes it's, it's, it feels like it should be there. Yeah, because it's so perfect. But um, that's that's a good bit. I even like the little bit where it's like the POV through the helmet and he's headbutting him and he's yeah. like licking the screen and just like attacking Although him. Although I do think Raph should not have shouted, you're going to scratch my helmet. <laughs> oh, that was funny. Like, oh, it's, what is it? It's not rust proof, you little, you know, you little monster or whatever he calls him. Oh, my God. He's I really like, I'm going to drop kick you to hurt you town. <laughs> um, so this is the scene with Kevin Smith being terrible, mm, yeah, uh, where he plays like the owner of this diner where this Jersey Devil's decided to go to town in his kitchen. And for some reason, even though... I don't know why he's in it, though. That's the I weird thing. I don't know why thing. he's in it. Is he a really big Turtles fan? I assume they must have just gone, oh, he's I don't a think Turtles he is. That's the either. thing. I've, I know he likes comics, although even then, hearing him on some of his podcasts, he's always getting things wrong for mm-hmm. saying he's like apparently the world's biggest oh, Batman really fan. I can't comment about that, because no, but he, my memory fails me constantly. No, but for somebody who does a podcast solely on Batman and and like he comes, he makes out almost as if he's the world's biggest Batman fan, and mm-hmm. then gets a cameo appearance on Lego Batman Three as a character, and he's always banging on about him and appearing in documentaries, and he constantly gets things wrong. I cannot accept a man who writes Batman pissing himself. I'm no, sorry, that's no. not a Batman move. No, 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 Batman not. does not piss himself. <laughs> anyway, this anyway. isn't Batman in a half shell. No, it is not. <laughs> It's very much not. Um, so, yeah, he's the owner of this diner. Raph turns up, sorts out the Jersey Devil by shoving explosive smoke pellets. Yeah, that's it. He throws them at him. He's like, I've got something for you. I've got a little snack for you. That's it. And throws yeah. them at him. Which is quite fun. And I don't know why Kevin Smith, diner owner bloke, thinks that Raph's the bad guy when he tries to hand him back his completely full cash register that he hasn't taken yeah, anything I from. Yeah, I thought that was weird as I well. I mean, Raph but... does get very forceful about it. I'm like, well, you're not selling yourself as a good guy by getting mm. cross with him, but still. No, all he things. had to do was just put it down and just yeah, walk just out, go, really. But like, then, of work. course, two like sort of darts shoot into it. Mm-hmm. And which I thought were really weird, because like, I swear he didn't look like he'd got a bow and arrow or like a dart no, blow dart no, or anything. No, they're like little, um, little throwy knives. Right, okay, um, okay. But they're not, I assume they're not, they well. They look like spikes, I was gonna though, say, don't they? I was going to say, they, might, they can't be that sharp, but then again, they must be that sharp, because he throws some of them into the concrete ground. Yep. <laughs> yep, I know. Um, they have a little chase. I thought that roof. was really weird, because you know when he's doing that, he's doing it to lead him where he wants to go, and you think, mm-hmm. well, one, Rafford know that, because he knows who he is, and not the other like way around. he over them at one point, doesn't he? I swear he, he like, I swear he went the other way. I swear he did. We're but... both really misremembering this movie, mm. I think. Any, any, well, anyway, either way, either way, he bombs back to, you know, he bombs to the rooftop where they're fighting and Leonardo starts lecturing him, not realising, obviously, that he's Raphael. Yeah. This is the, the one part that I kind of wish I could hear Leo more because whilst Leo's on his high horse about vigilante stuff, you, you can hear Raph. You see it from his point of view yeah, as well. Yeah, and you can, you can hear Raph basically saying, is he lecturing me? Oh, my giddy aunt, and, like, throwing a wobbly. And I'm like, I kind of want to know what Leo's... You Yeah, I kind of want to know what Leo's motivations are, actually. I'd have preferred to have heard mm. what he was saying there. It starts raining, and then the best scene in the movie happens. Well, no, it, happens. Doesn't, it doesn't start raining until... No, it start. They start fighting and have a really... They have a pretty good fight, but, mm-hmm. like, I think he only tags Leo once. Because to be fair, he's not using his signature weapon. He's using no. those like sort of bowler chain, chain things. whip things yeah. or whatever he's using. So like he constantly misses. He only hits him when he actually drops them and starts fist fighting. And then he only tags him once. 
in all fairness, he's wearing a helmet, so his vision's probably really obscured. And he and seems Leo to be wearing that. quite a constricting outfit. Mm. Yeah, but Leo does that. Like, I really like the bit where Leo's talking to him all the way through the fight because he's like kind of throwing him off. Because mm. that, that, I guarantee that would have thrown Raph off. Oh, yeah, he was trying to make him anyway. angry and to make him make mistakes. Which that's he did. it. Well, that's it. I loved it. I was like, he'd flipped over him and he couldn't see him and he's still doing the, or is it the thing about anger is it makes you lose sight of everything and then he uppercuts him enough to knock his helmet off. He gets surprised, Raph boots him, and then, of course, they've got, like, that nice, that little bit where they're sort of walking sideways. And it's, it, the whole thing There's is shot part. really beautifully. There I love it. There is one part, though, that really bothers me, and I don't know if it, was, if it was a purposeful decision on their part, but I can't remember why, but Leo says something that makes Raph chuckle. But he chuckles in such a way that you see him from the side, the way his mouth goes, he looks like the Joker. Oh, is it the bit? And he scared the shit out of me. I know, I it's, like, it's oh, the bit where he says... It's the bit where he's, he's, they're both like, he said, I'm, what is it, um, you're rash, you're bad tempered, you're impulsive. It's like, and more, and then, uh, he stops being angry and more importantly, I'm better than you, which I was like, oh God, this is, I know where this is going. <laughs> and then all of a sudden he's got like that really angry laugh, but like, he doesn't, he obviously he doesn't agree, like but that. he's still kind of like, <laughs> like, you know, I'm going to have to disagree with you on that. And then they cut in on the eyes and it's just, Oh, it's so, it's so good. Just, it's so it? intense. Don't do this, Raph. Like, what does he say to him? Um, he says, don't do this, Raph. And he says, uh, he says something. I'm done taking orders. That's it. And then all of a sudden, like, he's like, he grips his size and Leo's, Leo, you know, clenches his swords and he starts running at him, dragging his swords on the ground. And it's such a it's good such fight a good scene. scene. It's easily the best fight scene in any Turtles film. It's wonderful. The only thing I will say that I didn't like about it is the rooftop that they're on has got a massive, massive neon Coca-Cola Oh, yeah, on. there's that one bit of and red one, eye. Something like that. Yeah, it's, it's And there's red one eye. bit where it, where it pulls away really far and you kind of see the fight through the sign mm. and you can't actually That's really one, see anything. Luckily, it's not for too long, yeah. but I know what you mean because that it bugs me. me. And I know it's a stylistic choice, but... I didn't. That's I want to see I these like. people fight. Mm. I wanted a longer fight. <laughs> Me too. I really did because it was so good. But I was again. I was listening to another. You know, I think it was like a little bit with Kevin Monroe talking. He was saying like that the the guys who did the um, the actual computer animating were all. Uh, they were all. I think most of them were from China, so they grew up on like Golden Harvest films, which mm. are like you know some of the best some of the best kung fu films. So they 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 were pretty much the ones that choreographed it because they got like the fight moves down because it was just it was such a good fight it yeah. really is and like to see like Raph and I was because again it was just the bit I was concentrating the most on last night but seeing Raph's face when he actually gets enough strength because Leo's just fighting him I think Leo could have took him if it was anybody out now Leo could have took him if it was any if he wasn't fighting his brother the thing yeah. with Raph he's the only reason he broke his swords is because Raph's got such an anger problem it doesn't matter who it it's directed yeah, at it, and it that's, clouded his mind well it was supposed to be you know he slams his sign into the ground it was mm. supposed to come that far away from Leo's eye but they said they couldn't let him do that K-N-L. yeah they weren't allowed to do K-N-L. it they couldn't do that because it was they said it was too much because it's a kids film so they had to have him that was what that was the um, uh, what's the term you know when they compromised that was the mm. compromise they had to make was him just slamming it into the ground but it was supposed to be him stopping just like an inch or so away from Leonardo's eye but yeah it was all still very emotionally charged I love that scene it's such a good scene I'll be honest it's worth watching all of the film just for that bit when I went to see that at the cinema the first time I was so 
overexcited by that scene that what happens next actually made me cry. Oh, when Raphael runs away and no, crying. No, he, that run, was he sad. runs away crying, which started getting me all emotional. But then the Stone Generals turn up, and by this point, they've got wind that Winters wants to send them, well, kill them, basically. Um, mm. So they've, they've decided... Not kill them, he wants to free them well, from yeah. the stone prison of their bodies. <laughs> so they've decided that instead of taking the 13th monster back to complete the, the thingy to get the dimension thingy to open and bring them in... Dimension X. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> that, that they're going to take one of the turtles back instead because it's... They won't weird know the enough, difference. yeah. It's yeah. weird enough to possibly be a monster, but it's obviously not the thirteenth monster. Mm. So they capture him now. What bothers me the most about this scene is that they've they managed to tranquilize Leo so that he cannot fight them at all. He did put up a little bit of a fight, but he hadn't even got his sword. He hadn't even got his sword after like Raph had, had shattered them in two. Yeah. He's, he's very wibbly. But what, I don't know what it is that they do to Leo to make him scream the way that he does. Because it cuts away to Raph running away and you just hear this absolutely horrendous scream that really upset me when I was at the cinema. And Raph's face instantly changes. He pegs it back there. And it's the bit, the bit that got me the most is the bit when he realises he can't catch up with the van that they've thrown Leo in the back of. Mm. And he just drops to his knees and shouts like a proper like gut-wrenching no and slams his sign into the ground. And I was just like, my heart. Hey, that's all Nolan North, yeah? Told you, best Raphael. He's so wonderful. Like, that genuinely upset mm. me. But even, like I said, though, even, like, James Arnold Taylor as, as Leonardo playing against him in that scene was brilliant because, like, there there was such, a, like, a one-two emotional gut punch of both of them. They were absolutely brilliant mm-hmm. in, in that whole scene. But, one, um, of the, uh, one of the things I loved as well about the film is that um, one of the things that, that a lot of versions of the turtle seems to forget is that they're teenagers mm. and that they can be stupid and throw temper tantrums. And when Raph gets back to the lair after this whole situation, he doesn't immediately go, Leo's gone, we need to sort some shit out. He like trashes all he, the training he, like, equipment. Yeah, and knocks stuff. all the training equipment over and he's like, Oh, I did something bad, I did something bad, oh I'm a fucking idiot. And I was just like, Yeah, this is a proper like teenage strop. I, I like that as well. That. You know, he's like, oh, and he's like stammering through trying yeah. to explain to Splinter what he's done until he can't even get it out. He just shows him the swords. I wonder how much strength it would take to shatter swords. With yeah, but that's what I mean, like the look on his face. He like looks... when you see it, he's so pissed off. And even Leonardo's shocked. But this is what I mean when I say Leonardo could, he's right, he is better. Mm. He's the best fight. He's like, it's always, it's shown nearly in every single like iteration. He's the best fighter out of all of them. But he's like, in his head, he's not fighting to like to finish his brother off. He's not fight. He's just fighting. <laughs> the end game there was not for Raph to be dead. <laughs> no. Whereas in Raphael, like, you could see like the red mist of rage mm. had like just come over it, him. Yeah, it's it, appropriate because of his rap mask color. But yeah. to me, it felt like Raph wasn't really aware he was fighting his own brother anymore. And it's only when mm. he stops. When he slams his side out, yeah, into the that to actually look and realise what he's doing, he's like, "Oh, <laughs> bollocks!" Well, yeah, he runs it's off crying. It's a, it's a really nice, like, it's it's not not, but you know, it's a really emotional moment. It's mm-hmm. a good. There, that's the thing, like the story in large parts, the whole constellation of Keek and thing is fucking stupid. Like, really, <laughs> they could they should have come up with a better story to wrap around it. Mm-hmm. But there are some. That, that's the thing that most of it, it's it's a good. It's not a great story, but there's so many good moments. Mm-hmm. Like that's the thing that Kevin Munro, the guy who wrote it, obviously got was he's obviously loves the turtles and did a great job of writing the turtles. Mm-hmm. But he's not got. They should have teamed him up with somebody else to write a better story. Because mm-hmm. I was reading that one of the other stories he pitched to Peter Laird was um, about them going back in time to Mayan times, like to um, 
and and like some ex- extraterrestrial threat comes along. And apparently, I've got the exact quote here from Peter Laird. Do you do, do you like this? Eh, we did it in 1992. <laughs> turtles in Turtles Three. Mm-hmm. But he's right. They did. They just did it in Japan instead of you know the uh, the Mayan. I don't know what he'd say. Anyway. Oh, I like this. There's a quote, there's a tri- bit of trivia here. It's like, director Kevin Monroe, in his opinion, believes he would probably rather recast Splinter. Like, that's not really going to happen, seeing as there's not going to be a sequel no. to this film. I'm curious as to how old that bit of trivia is. That probably needs editing. I would I would imagine so. But, uh, yeah, oh, there's some spoilers here. Yeah, this is what I was saying to you. The film, this is a, the film is considered to be a loose continuation of the original trilogy, ignoring the events of Next Mutation. Obviously. Obviously. Doesn't but it, everyone? But it's, it's kind of set in its own universe as well. Mm. Yeah, because I think it was the jump in the way April is that, that really threw me. Because everything else does mm. seem to fit quite... It's like a Mad Max kind of thing. It's a sequel, but kind of not really. Mm. It picks and chooses what it wants. Yeah. I, mean, um, I like this. They make a lot of references. Like, obviously, you know, you got the the most obvious one is the Casey Jones two minutes for high sticking bit, and like mm-hmm. that. I got. I love being a turtle. But there was another one that I forgot where Raphael says, "I thought Girl Scouts were pushy," <laughs> which is what Mikey says in the first one, and mm-hmm. I, I'd completely forgot about that. But um, I do like this film. It's Me just, too. It, it should have. Well, it, it could be better. That's it, the it thing. definitely could be. Um, so. Raptors eventually tell everybody what happened. So they come up with a plan of how to... Because the the stars are almost aligned again. Mm. So they're going to crack into Winter's Tower. That's it. Raphael sort sort shit out. Well, this is it. Raphael kind of gets his shit together and he can't, he, he forms a plan. But the whole, it was never, it's, um, what is it? I think he comes to realization that he's not the leader. Yeah. But he, you know, he's, he has some good leadership qualities. Yeah. But he's, he's not. He's too hot-headed to lead, whereas like him and Leonardo even each other out. I think mm-hmm. I think is implied, isn't it? Yeah. If I remember rightly, there's a there's a lovely little bit where Splinter says something about just because you you're my least favourite student doesn't make you my least mm. favourite son. Yeah, that which was made nice. me laugh because at first I was thinking, oh, I wonder which one is because <laughs> it kind of implies he has a least favourite son. Donatello. Anyway, um, the most implausible part of the movie for me. For yeah, you're just going to course that. you are. Yeah, you know, because um, I'm telling you the truth. The most the most implausible part of the movie happens next. And bearing in mind all the stars of Keek and stuff, this has to be pretty implausible. We we sort of cut to Casey is oh, yeah. being a diversion at Winter's Tower, but, but then a really all the turtles shit just one. yeah, because they all just end up having a fight, a scrap on the lawn with the Foot Clan anyway. Yeah, I never but saw the point is... of this diversion. It's like he's there for two seconds, and where do they even sneak? Because they're around the they're back not, yeah. of the building, as far as I could tell, and they still fight a fuckload of yeah, Foot Clan. But but the worst part, and this is so implausible to me, I cannot get behind any version of this happening the first thing we see in this fight on the lawn is april fighting karai oh yeah that is not a thing she would live through no like no version of april no matter oh, how yeah, much ninja this. training she might have had with anybody no karai's a match for leonardo up. yeah she's not holding us at holding her own against karai i'm sorry that's not happening i don't know you know the new new april in the new series mm. possibly well, even that, maybe not even then, because Karai in that she's been like trained as a ninja since pretty much birth. Yeah, and, and like, she's April's she's fought Leo, and they, you know, they mm. go toe to toe. Like I just I can't. And he's accepted to be one of the one of the best fighters in yeah. like the series, really. Like who's not 
who's not Splinter, mm. who sometimes comes across quite Deus Ex Machina level good at fighting. Yes. He just beats everyone. Everything. Unless somebody like surprises he uses him. Tail, but anyway, mm. we'll anyway, off, yeah. Off um, but, yeah, can't accept. Oh, Karai yeah, there, there's that Michael. scene I've just realised before they actually go before they do that pointless divert. I don't even. I'm What's just. The, yeah. I don't get the point of that. I think diversion. it's just supposed to be a funny thing. But it's not though, because it's like, oh, is this little Timmy's birthday party? Well, hang on a minute. It's at night in a giant building. Like it's. <laughs> And That's, the ninja just answered the door. Yeah, it's fucking <laughs> stupid. But there's that scene where um, April's bought Casey that like rad metal new oh, metal yeah, mask because he beat keeps breaking his, and she's like swinging a sword about that she got in Japan. And so they they kind of imply that whatever tiny little thing that's not even barely touched on because they cut the whole subplot out has yeah. is, is been resolved because she because yeah. she gave him a mask. Yeah. So she's annoyed she's at him. She's accepting his vigilante. Yeah, story. she's annoyed with him, but she's just sort of accepted it. Yeah, it's only more women were like that. Ah, shut your mouth. So yeah, the, uh, to be fair though, the fight on the lawn is pretty cool because it kind of like yeah. pans across, and you see a lot of. That's the good thing though; it gets April out of the way first because yeah. you don't obviously you're not liking this April, and I agree, it is really out of character for if it's is a continuation of the previous films. Yeah, I can't so imagine weird. Paige Turco or. Um, <laughs> Uh, from the first one, um, like being a ninja. No. Shit, what was her name? I've got, I can't remember. Judith Hogue? Yes, well uh, done, that was it. Good pulse. Boom. Knowledge yeah, so bomb. we pan across. There's some good bits with, like, there's some good teamwork bits, and I think there's like an obligatory thing in every Turtles movie where Donnie has to swing someone around on a, on his bow staff. Yeah, but it looked <laughs> rad as shit in it this did one look because, rad like, as obviously shit. you actually can do it properly without wires, so it looks, well, I say properly, you know, it looks better because it's yeah. CGI, so it kind of, it's strange, it kind of looks more realistic than mm. if they were doing it all wire food up. Mm-hmm. That was I like that though, where they're all like just panning through and it's yeah. cutting through this hedge maze and you know splinters kicking as Casey's beating the crap out of people. Even April, as much as he dis- you know, he's having a fight. If she hadn't been fighting Karai I'd have accepted it so much more. If Splint should have been like Splinter or yeah. somebody. And then of course the bit where they're all running across the top of them. Yeah. Although, do you know what I found really, really stupid? As everybody else runs across, Raphael drops another smoke bomb and then carries on running across the bridge. There's only one fucking place they can go. (laughs) Why has he dropped a smoke bomb? To distract them from what? And they all know where they're going because they come bombing across the bridge. Bamboozle them about the location (laughs) of the bridge. I don't know. Yeah, but even then they just carry on running across it, heading towards them. And yet, for some reason, despite the fact that there's this army of foot soldiers that have come pelting at them full blast, they somehow managed to traverse this bridge in next no time Casey remembers oh call back that if Yay. he knocks that thing um, you know he's going to do he'll, he'll uh, the doors will do a close that's it yeah and yet nobody manages to make it through despite you know it's, it's bridge not being that long and they're all ninjas so presumably they're in pretty good shape <laughs> they can run fast you'd have thought at least Karida got through or somebody Maybe, but yeah. so that locks them out not yeah. before Casey gets to say you know two minutes for high sticking although I would have really liked to have heard him say like you know welcome to classes pain 101 yeah but that's that just me. Good. But you know, two minutes on my sticking was nice. And then they see Winters. They're gonna. They 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 think they're gonna stop him, but he gets thrown out of nowhere and lands on the floor. <laughs> oh, do you know what? Do you know what I've just Her remembered. Winters looks more like four. Oh God, yeah, that's uh, yeah. There are some. I'll be honest, as, as I chuckled at them because they're teenagers, but there are some terrible, terrible. I just jokes. like the fact that to that one, Donnie's like, remember what we talked about, Mikey. Like, yeah. Like, stop saying everything you think of. Do you know which one I liked funny. was the, um, what was it? Do you know the problem with you immortal stone guys is uh, you're immortal and, uh, you know, you're made of stones. <laughs> like, oh, God, I'm, I've been, I'm hanging around Mikey too much. <laughs> <laughs> 
But do you know what? I've just remembered. There's a little bit that we've forgotten before when Professor Exposition's going on about how <laughs> Winters could potentially be immortal mm-hmm. and be, well, possibly be Yautl, or that he's trying to be, you know, mm-hmm. trying to become immortal. You see, like, in Winters sitting in his office on his own, and it's all the people he's Im- implied to have been, like, um, I think Julius Caesar's one. Mm-hmm. You see, like, him, but with, you know, like, the little like leafy, a little laurel. leafy thing I think yeah. it's a laurel was it yeah. yeah and then you see him I think it's meant to be Napoleon despite the fact that Winters is like a hulking brute of a man and Napoleon was Winters you know, looks really almost small. exactly like Mr Incredible yeah yeah he does doesn't he actually movie, a bit. Yeah. but yeah it pans through all the people that he supposedly has been through the years it's like no <laughs> no that's no just just oh, no. whatever but no the answer is no so this is the point. This is the point in the movie where we find out that he's not actually a bad guy. That he wants to send all the monsters back and de-stonify and de-immortify, immortalify. Uh, yeah, him and his bros. Turn him into pixie dust. Apparently, it would seem at the yeah. end. Yeah. So uh, when he realizes that the the thirteenth monster, i.e. Leo, is not in fact the thirteenth monster, he starts doing a bit of a panic, and he's like, mm. right, someone's got to go out and find this thirteenth monster. Uh, whilst we fight back all the things that are trying to come out of this portal that's just opened in my tower. So Karai, Random Foot Ninja, mm-hmm. Casey and uh, uh yeah, all, Professor Exposition <laughs> um go off on a hunt to find this thirteenth monster, which mm-hmm. somehow is really easy to find. My, it's, it's, uh, really, it's unsurprising because it's uh, like the biggest one of the lot. I don't know how they were going to capture it, really. <laughs> yeah, I don't know how they were going to they were going to capture it. I really don't because it's it's bigger than the van that they are chasing that this, they were using to find it. Mm. It's humongous. But uh, so they go hunting for that monster. The turtles are fighting the stone warriors, and Winters and Splinter are fighting the monsters, knocking them back into the portal. Splinter, so. But cute. there's that. Well, hang on a minute. Is it does Winter fall on the floor? Is it that's they get Leo out of the out of that the, the the little container first, don't they? Little pod thing, yeah. Because they put the little little explosive device, get him out. He he looks like he's done a dead. He hasn't. And then uh, <laughs> yeah, and then they. Uh, there's a lovely bro moment. That's it. He gives him his swords back, and they uh, they fight. Like I'm struggling to remember how it happens because I swear that happens first. Splinters comes fly, uh, winter comes, winters comes flying out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. It's the floor. They think he's dead. He goes, <laughs> which signifies he's come back to life. I guess so. Well, he's he's definitely got his eyes open, but I didn't re- I thought he just hit the ground hard. I didn't realize he was dead. I thought he'd been knocked <laughs> unconscious. So he comes back to life. They have a go at him. He says like, you miss, you know, you understand, don't understand, blah blah blah. Then the generals come out of nowhere, and then they all fight. And it's a pretty good fight. It is a pretty good fight. I actually realised that was another one of my favourite Leo moments when that, um, I think he's meant to be the monkey one. He's got like them scythes. He knocks him into that big, like, thing full of swords. (laughs) And he just pops up and he's got like all of them in his back, like on his, um, just push, pushed into his like a uh, bandolier things, and he just he's like fighting him using every single sword he's got. Raf's fighting like Aguila, Aguila, which I thought was weird because he's clearly out of them four. He's clearly the leader, so mm-hmm. you'd think Leo would be the one that fights him. Maybe Aguila's the very brute fortish, but forcey. No, one, that's the I one thought. with the hammer. Do you think? Yeah, he's the one with the hammer. Agu- yeah, because Aguila's the one who's um, who's like the one because it's the eagle. He's the one with like the pointy. Mm. Helmet yeah. thing. The, the other one, he must be, um, I, I don't know actually, you know, because it says gato means cat, serpient means serpent. So I'd have thought that serpient would probably be the female one. Yeah, I think so. Because I swear in the game she's like 
uses poison darts on you. Yeah, she does. Mono meaning monkey. I bet you any money that's like the one who's got the like the scythe sword things that fights mm. Leo because he jumps around like a monkey. So Gatto Cat presumably is the giant one who's got like that big hammer. But strangely, <laughs> he's the one that Donnie fights. That seems and, like, unfair. Yeah, because Donnie's he's got, got a, a stick. stick. <laughs> like I thought that was really unfair. I think Aww, I think Mikey fights Donnie. Mikey fights the the, the female one. And I say Raph fights Aguila, the uh, mm-hmm. like the leader one. But I say if we're going with like it should have been, I would have thought it'd be Leonardo fighting him because mm. he's the leader. Maybe. I mean, I, that's why I, I, I would have thought. That's, um, no, it did, and I was fine. But like, in my head, it, like Raph, I thought it was weird that Leonardo, the leader, was fighting what he's like. He's kind of one of his henchmen, really. Although they're all four generals, he's like you know under his command almost. Like he's the highest yeah, ranking one. I, I don't know. I just for me, it, I thought it was a bit weird, mm. but. Oh, by the way, there was also, where are we, um, here we are. Uh, according to the director's commentary on the DVD, one of the early drafts of the script had Raphael briefly dying and Donatello using Winter's technology to bring him back to life. This idea was turned down by Peter Laird, whoever, who disliked the idea of having one of the turtles dying. This must be, this must have been during the period when Kevin Eastman wasn't really having much to do with it anymore. Yeah. Which that would have been a weird fucking choice, you know. It would, yeah. Um, yeah. I'm not being funny. As much as I enjoy what Kevin Munro did, like it's fairly obvious that he's he's got some crackers ideas. Because mm. like this whole stars of key can thing, it's all right, but it doesn't it doesn't feel feel it's like it should have been in another film. Yeah, it's odd because the turtles can get away with a lot of very weird stuff. Like the original comics have, like you say, mm. weird dimensions and dinosaur aliens. What can fight you in the face with ray guns and shits? They should have but- just done like a more serious version of like. Krang or something like that mm. and the Technodrome in this because I think it would have looked really good in the CGI yeah, unless they didn't have enough in the budget for it because like I said before mm. CGI is surprisingly expensive because they have to pay for the computer animators yeah I can imagine it's a bit of a mm. well it's specific fields and it's like you know it, it, whoever's like a it's obviously the more that you have to pay in four caps to the studio and that you're gonna and then you've got to pay for the voice actors as well script mm. writers and everything but I don't know, I always felt like this film wasn't really marketed that well personally, you know, when it came out. Yeah. I don't no, remember seeing, at least in this country, I don't remember seeing a lot of adverts and stuff for no. it. But anyway, yeah, so they have a big fight. Big fight. Uh, April and Casey and co chase the monster mm. back into the tower. Well, they knock them into, they knock of. the stone generals into the portal, don't they, originally? Yeah. And then they all climb out. They chase that, I'd say that giant monster in. The mm-hmm. giant monster knocks the four generals back into the portal along with itself, which closes it up. Winter starts laughing maniacally. Yeah, like insanely. <laughs> and then all of a sudden, like I say, he does like a Disney Disney Prince move of instead of like turning It's very back, beauty beauty in the yeah, beast, but yeah, without but instead of yeah, it, just it just turns disappears. to dust. But it does lead to that fun line with Michelangelo being like, Oh I got him in my nose and then keeps it. That was that funny. Freaked, it was funny, but it freaked me the hell out thinking about somebody's like you know, ethereal body dust. That's why it was funny though, because it's like, like I like that. It was almost like they were ripping on like those sort of Disney moments of doing that, of, like people mm. turning into like dust and just popping or whatever. Yeah. I did a, like that. There's a bit of a hint in this scene as well about the shredder potentially coming back, but mm. obviously that's not a thing because there Don't were worry. no more of these movies. No, um, I still maintain that. Was, yeah, but um, there's a lovely scene towards the end where. Um, They've got a shelf of, like, random shite. Did you happen to notice a lot of the stuff that was on the shelf of random I did memories? notice them, but I've actually got the list Did you see the, um, the sideways mouser on the bottom shelf? Oh, no, I didn't clock that one. Just you saw know. a pair of mouser feet. Just So it was like a, a lying-down mouser. 
Ooh. on the uh, on the bottom. You know you're demonstrating that, and yet nobody, nobody can else see can you except see. me. But I was doing it for you, so it's fine. I enjoyed it, don't um, get me wrong. Yeah, so there's like some samurai I mean, gear from to... the third movie, and there's Shredder's helmet, and something else from the second... Is it Super Shredder's uh, helmet? Here we are, perhaps? right. Uh, no, well, from what I've got here, the, uh, the things on the thing include the Shredder's helmet and staff, mm-hmm. a foot ninja mask, yeah. a canister of ooze... The canister of ooze, which is, um, well, it says it's labelled TCRI instead of TGRI, but I think there's like a crack placed so it can say either. Yeah. Uh, the Time Scepter, Walker's hat, Lord's Narinaga's helmet, and pieces of suits of armour worn by the turtles in the third film. So it might possibly have been some of the armour. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe. I'll have to, but either um, way. So Raph goes and plonks his Night Watcher helmet there, like, I don't think we need. I don't think we need this anymore. Well, then they put Winter's helmet on there first. Yes. And then he puts that one on. Yeah. And then, bless him, Mikey comes in with his big cowabunga Carl head and he's like, can we get rid of this one as well? And he does that adorably goofy smile. Yeah. <laughs> Proper adorably goofy. And then it ends with a uh, nice little... Obligatory rooftop monologue. Which has got one of the lines from uh, from the comics as well. Where is it? The uh, We strike hard and fade away into the night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Very good end to the movie. So that it just Very says here end. that was the ending line in the first TMNT comic. There you go. So overall, your thoughts on TMNT? I, I'll be honest. I think I've expressed my thoughts as we've been going on the fly. <laughs> that it's I enjoy it, and there's a lot of great moments, but it's not the. It's mm-hmm. it's still my second favorite Turtles movie, just because of like a lot of the emotional beats and the fight scenes and stuff like that. And it, I still I think it's got the best action scenes of any Turtle film, if only for that fight, for the tracking shot of the fight going through the um, like the hedge maze. Yeah. And, of course, the, like the rain sequence, that's such a good fight. Before, and like the actual emotional fight between them when they know that they both know who each other is, you mm-hmm. know, when they're fighting. Um, I don't. I'm not meaning to say it like I'm trying to hide the identity of who it is because we've already discussed it. But but they're they're probably like my two favourite parts of it. Um, I do enjoy the film, but it is there is I think a lot I of plot that, holes in it. I feel the same way about this film, only a bit more strongly as I do about last year's Turtles movie. In the mm. sense that I think it had the essence of the Turtles there very very much. But there are plot holes the size of Texas. See, you I'd know, say but, that the plot was slightly better in that. At least it was more grounded and made sense in yeah. the context, even if it did tie everybody's origins together. Mm-hmm. But I still think that this is better. Yeah, me too. I actually think this is a lot better. I didn't dislike, as you already know, I did not dislike the, the film from last year, but I think this is a better one. Me too. I think the voice actors were better. Yeah. And I didn't dislike them because I really, again, I liked the guy who did Raphael because he sounded like tough as shit in that. Yeah, he did. He'll fuck you up. Yeah. <laughs> he will yeah, fuck do you know what's you weird up. is he played Aquaman in Smallville. I'm sure no. I said that last time, but like, yeah. Did I disbelieve you then? Probably, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he played like the teenage version of Aquaman in Smallville. Mm hmm. Crackers, innit? Smallville. Um, it's not as insane as, like, you know, Leonardo being a guy who gets shot in the balls with a paint gun on a regular basis. Or, like, no, it wasn't him that got locked in that portal full of shit, was it? But, you know, either way, it's kind of the content of the program that he created. Anyway, just saying. <sighs> anyway. Yeah, no, I love this movie. I don't understand why it didn't get as. I think it didn't as do people. too badly. I, I think it was, like, one of the bigger, terribly. like. Um, I think it was one of the bigger animated films of 2007. Mm. But I, I still maintain, I think, that it was probably not marketed properly. No. I just think there's a lot of people that I know that have seen it who aren't that sold. 
Why? I don't know. I mean, a lot of the ones that I know that do really love it are like you and me, big, big mm. Turtles fans, so we'll forgive a lot of That's nonsense. it. I think it's the fact that... The, <laughs> I think that the Kevin Monroe obviously loves the Turtles and captures them properly. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I'm going to read now. I wish he'd actually gone with one of these two stories first instead of doing this, or, or doing this at all. But... Um, <laughs> Team, no, you know what I mean. Doing like, it at all. No, because what they could, it's the story that wraps around it of like the whole stars of Keek and bullshit. Because you could have took all the like nice emotional beats and stuff and that great fight sequence and put that as a site, like as the main part of like a different, with mm. a different, like, you know, well, it's a subplot really, isn't mm. it? All that bullshit. But, right, okay, according to IMDb, TMNT 2 would have loosely adapted the Turtles 13-part comic book saga City at War. Michelangelo feels like the odd man out among his brothers, not being taken seriously. With the best of intentions, the character... I don't know how he does this with the best of intentions, but he runs away uh, and joins the Foot Clan, donning a black bandana. Good one. I don't know how he does that with the best of intentions. He knows they're evil, but anyway. Meanwhile, the Turtles travel to Japan and cross paths with Karai in an adventure resulting in the return of their arch-nemesis, Shredder. So I'm assuming I'm assuming it's less about the city being at war as much as like you know Mikey joins the Foot Clan. They mm. probably travel to Japan to like fight, get him back. More like the family at war. Yeah, but I don't understand how the Shredder comes Mikey's back. Mikey's not. But, I know he's a bit more naive and stuff, but he's not. He's innocent enough to know that the Foot are a bad idea. Yeah, it seems more like something that either Raph might do in a out rage. of a rage, or like in the new comics, like Leonardo being brainwashed or something. Yeah. But anyway, where are we? TMNT 3 would have featured, mind you, it might, it might have worked, it might work really well if they'd gone it right, but anyway, TMNT 3 would have featured the Triceratons as well as the te- Technodrome's arrival from Dimension X, with Donatello being a catalyst for these events. Munro wanted Michael Clark Duncan to voice the Triceratons leader, Commander Mozar. Assume that's That'd probably. Do. He even had poster designs already in mind for TMNT 2. A wet city street by a manhole cover, Mikey's orange bandana lying on the ground, and its sequel, TMNT 3, the Technodrome with the turtles very small in the foreground. That'll look boss as shit, yeah, to be fair. Yeah, it would look boss as shit. But, like, I I wouldn't have minded seeing either of them. Um, I think the, the I don't like the idea of Mikey... No, but again, it might have it might have worked if they'd got yeah, it right. They, they would have to. they would have to really... Get the reasoning behind it right, mm. otherwise it would have made no. But that's zero it. That's like a sense. loose sort of, you know, like all you get in there is like the loose not the not technodrome. Being taken I just seriously. everything needs more technodrome, if you ask me. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like, and I'm I not agree. exaggerating. Put a technodrome in everything. How do you make anything better? Batman put a technodrome in it. Mm. Batman vs Superman put a technodrome in it. I bet it will be better. Well, yeah, it might liven up the fucking proceedings. <laughs> it can seem less depressing. I'm not interested in that film at all. I shouldn't be. I'm living in an age where there's a Batman vs Superman movie and I don't care. It's weird, isn't it? I yeah. feel the same. I and do I'm the same care. about Suicide Squad. Fantastic not interested. No. no. Anyway. Yeah, but strange, strangely, I am somewhat excited about Ant-Man. I'm very excited about Ant-Man. Mm, but that's weird. mostly because I just want I wish to stare at Paul. I wish it'd stop face. apologising for the hero. For himself, like, oh, you know, yeah, I know, I didn't like the name either. It's it's cute a couple, it's like once, but like after, like the first one was like, really? Like that was cute, mm. but yeah, anyway. Anyway. Maybe they're just trailer lines. Should we talk about the... Oh, uh, this, until, oh, the until last year's, this was the movie with the largest budget in the franchise. Oh. There you go, you see. That doesn't surprise me. Should we talk about the soundtrack to this movie? So I bought the soundtrack because there are some pretty boss pieces of score. I bought um, the soundtrack. It's, it's scored by Klaus... Bedelt? I don't know how you pronounce this. Oh, I don't have the score. I have the actual sound. No, that's like what I mean. I bought the soundtrack because I wanted the score. 
there are two pieces. No, there are just two pieces of. of oh. so that's the only bit of score that's available are the two songs on the soundtrack, which made me really cross because one of them's kind of a medley of all the sort of best bits of other stuff, which makes that me. Seems odd. Yeah, it's a little bit cross. Um, but the 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 rest of the soundtrack kind of sounds like something I would listen to back when I was in my feeling a bit like a loner at college yeah. days, which I suppose makes some kind of sense being a movie about teens. Because the the music is very sort of teeny, it's a little bit emo-y. Not like My Chemical Romance style terrible, mm. but it's a weird, there's a lot of weird choices. I don't choices. know, it's not as bad as like, the, mind you, to be fair, I suppose that come out in like 89, 1990, so like the first first Turtles movie, that soundtrack's got like MC Hammer and stuff like that. In fact, you know I what? I fucking love actually, MC Hammer. Shut you know your what? mouth. Actually, I've got them all Shut your here. mouth. But the the song Shell Shop always makes me laugh because have you ever listened to the lyrics to that song? Not really, not like properly. it's it starts off with the I word like skiddly bee. Got a really good bee. Yeah, me too. I really like the song, but the chorus I'm pretty sure is something along along the lines of "Welcome to Shell Shock," ringing in your ears like the bells to L Rock, whatever that is. It doesn't matter whether or not you sell lots. If you well, can find from... solace in the coldest cell block, this is Shell Shock. What? From what I gather, the um... oh, brilliant. It doesn't tell me who's. It's Gym Class Heroes, I eat. Oh, I know that. Yeah, I know that one. And I know Rip It Ups by... um, Jet. Yeah, and then I can't remember who Black Flag... Black Betty was done by, but... Oh, yeah, because it wasn't wasn't the Ram Jam version, was it? It was... It was... Oh, fuck Nuggets. I know this. No, I don't. Well, I do, but I can't remember, so... Oh, well. I love that version of Black Betty, though. It's an odd choice for a kid's film, that song, I think. But I love it. And it fits so perfectly in the Jersey Devil scene. It's wonderful. Oh, God damn. I'm trying to... I could got the names of the songs, but because this is a stupid Apple product, it won't let me see who, which individual artist it is, despite them being listed as various artists. This is kind of dog shit. Oh, fuck this. Yeah, I don't know. I can't, I can't tell you. Because I was trying to look up the uh, this one as well. I know that one is the MC Hammer song. Yeah. And then Turtle Powers is the... Partners in Crime with a K and mm, all. Splinter's Tale 1 and 2. Oh, yeah. Love it. Yeah, the, the soundtrack, bless them. It's, yeah, it's it's very sort of like teen mid 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 to late two thousand. To be fair, yeah, I don't mind it, but yeah, it's it's not my favourite Turtles soundtrack. But um, overall, it doesn't. I don't think any song particularly detracts from any scene. Like no, a couple nothing. of them, they are just very quietly playing in the background, like at April and Casey's apartment. And yeah, things. it's mostly score, really, apart yeah. from like Which the. Which is why it's only so really the solo little score available. It's Bastards. only really rip it up during the surfing, uh, the skating scene when he's going yeah. through the, the, the sewer pipes. And uh, Black Betty, really, are the two the main two noticeable ones. ones. Yeah, yeah, and then it's shell shock over the. Um, oh, over the, the one credits. in them. Um, I think the one that the when they're panning through the hedge maze, the POD song. Oh, what's it called? I'm alive. Lights out. No, it's called lights out. That one's quite. Well, I didn't noticeable. know what it was, but oh yeah, I, do you know? I didn't even. I didn't even realise there was a song with lyrics playing. I just all I was paying attention to was the the fight because there was that much going on. I was just like concentrating on who's doing what. It's pretty badass. So I didn't even it didn't even register. Whereas like with the skateboarding scene, it's just it's Mikey skateboarding. It looks lovely and it's nice mm-hmm. to see. You can look at that because it's not got super hard to follow. That's why I heard Jet straight away. And the same with um, uh, the Jersey Devil bit. Because mm. again, it's just him and that. Ooh. Keeping you up. Sorry. Yeah, I have been, I've been up since five o'clock this morning. You can stuff off. <laughs> you know I do, Earlies. Not tomorrow, I'm going to lie in. 
Shut up. Uh, yeah, that that scene's just him fighting the Jersey Devil, but, you know, I mean, plus like that, I know it was an accident, not we've already said, but that whole bit with the fridge just sort mm-hmm. of, you couldn't not have your attention drawn to the music with that. But also, it just that scene, it's another one, another great scene that just works perfectly. Mm-hmm. But then again, if you didn't have that silly plot about the monsters... What would you have in the place of that? Yeah, that's true. Do you know what I mean? Unless, yeah. unless it was like a little—I don't know. I suppose, actually, I suppose it could be a mutant that shredders, um, like Krangle I'm Shredder. Dead or something. Babies. <laughs> I fucking hate that film so much. I hate that it's film. It's not that bad. It just needed it's more fighting. It's exactly that bad. It just needed more it fighting is exactly and less. That bad. Do you know the only good thing about routine. that? Do you know the only good bad? The good thing about that bad movie is my mate David Warner. Shut up. Because he's totally my mate. Not like Twitter friends, Think like real life friends. Off. You know, he gave me a Just hug and everything thick. and shook my hand and called me his friend, off. which legit means he's my friend. You know what Townsend Coleman didn't do to you? Didn't call you his friend, did he, in real life? No, but he told me I had a bodacious dress on. It's only so you wouldn't come and wear him like a skin suit later on because he was scared of you. I mean, that was initially you. my plan. But he was scared of you. No, I think I was more scared of him than he was of me. Hello? You're like that with anybody please, that you like. Please, like, like, like oh. oh, I'm just going to go now and frighten her. Were you the voice of Invader Zim? Oh, no. it was the, 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 the worst part was uh, the fact that the following day I went to the Q&A that he was doing and I got mm. to ask two questions. By the but way, the I first... know he wasn't the voice of Invader yeah, Zim, but I know, I know how much you bum love Invader Zim, I so I was just using that as an example. So anyway, carry on. Um, and, but when I got given the microphone the first time, before I could ask my first question, he started talking Michelangelo at me and it really threw me off. <laughs> so I was just like, oh, shut up, I'm so embarrassed about the same words. Anyway, this isn't convention in half shell. <laughs> no, you're right, it's not it's not what uh, hey, look cons- man, we're coming up on two fucking hours. It's a good episode, you know. We've done some you've not even looked at your notes I once, you know. I looked at my notes once. What did I write? I put all right, Lawrence Fishburne, that was my first note. <laughs> Fair enough. Uh, do you know what? You've been more comprehensive than uh, ninjas van Yeah. Uh what did what else did I put? Uh Gilmore Girls and a smiley face. Yeah. Uh, which I've already mentioned. 30 monsters plot hole. Yeah. Legends? I, I like that, the question mark. Legends question mark? Um, I also... Meh. Meh. <laughs> Are you just looking at my notes now? Yeah. Meh. Uh, who is Splinter's least favourite son? Is, is oh, yeah. Oh, right. Busted Mouse or several question marks. Go Rasno- to check that one out in a bit. Gets me every damn time. Tantrum. Apostle, yeah, tantrum. Well, you did have one, so, to be uh, fair. I did, I did make some notes. Jersey Dent? What? Jersey Dent? It says devil you plumb. Anyway... This has been episode six. Cursive's not your friend. <laughs> your face isn't my friend. Ha! Ah, my face is gorgeous. Anyway, <clears throat> right. So, in a wrap-up, how many canisters out of five would you give it, Stace? Oh, how many canisters of ooze? I can't remember. How, did we score the last, uh, the, the 2014 movie out of five? Uh, yeah, because I, I can't remember what I, than I did. I can't remember what I scored that. I and I want to give like this more. Four and a half Did or I something. Did you give it a four and a half? Well, this has you to get it, like a four point eight three. You gave it pretty. <laughs> high. I know you, you scored it either three and a half or four. You scored it much. I think you scored it higher than I did. I think yeah. I might have given it like a three. No, I was going to say I remember I did, that. but I can't remember whatever score I gave that. Add mm. a little bit more for this. Well, I'd have to say the same. I'd probably say that this is about. No, I say this is maybe about. How a many Kawabunga Carl heads would you give it out of five? <laughs> I'd give it three and three quarters. I wouldn't Ooh. quite say it's four star, but it's it's good. You know, it's got oh, its I'd moments. Go above, I'd go above four because mm. I think the bits that are good are so good 
See, I always that, consider that like a fight scene on the movie. roof gets four alone. From Do you know what? I know it's cheating by saying three point three and three quarters. To be fair, but like <laughs> a, I think like a four star movie, like a five star movie to me, would be something like Ghostbusters or RoboCop, mm. something like that, or Die Hard. Okay. I, I and like a four star yeah. movie would probably be like Predator, which is still I suppose, pretty though, it damn depends boss. What, what, how you rating them though? Because like I don't. I don't think you can rate something like TMNT against RoboCop because it would well, be like a one. I'm not putting it against RoboCop, no, but, but I'm saying like I mean. my like, level can, of like move. I, like, I can still, I, I could still easily say that I think this is a no, four. I'm, I'm rating it, is a four no, I'm rating. Well, you're wrong because but, um, I'm rating <laughs> you wrong, but that's not the point. It's all right. You're only married to my friend, so it doesn't really matter. It doesn't count. <laughs> Shut yes, up. I know you're both equally my friend, but you know, if you're going to come out with bullshit like that, I'm going to have to demote you and say you're just, you know, the wife of my friend. I'm just saying. Do you hear that, Rich? Totally different movies. You're in, like you're in the lead, mate. He doesn't care. I said you're in. You're the. Uh, you're more my friend than her. Straight up, does not care. See that? That's how much he loves you. That's fine. See that? Am I in the lead yet? Anyway, let's fucking wrap this shit up. Yeah, let's wrap this shit up. So I'll, I'm going to say three and three quarters, and you're saying four and a half. Oh, you're on four, and, four and at least a little bit more than four. Four point. Four and a quarter. Two, three, five. Very specific. Fair enough. Yeah. All right, then. We'll go with that. <laughs> but if I was rating scenes, I'd rate, like, rooftop fight scene at a five. Oh, yeah. Like, yeah, straight yeah, yeah, off, yeah, just yeah, five. Yeah. Just give it five. Yeah, we are, we're getting pretty... Yeah, my, we're getting pretty. So... My last two points. Needs more Donna. Definitely needs more Donna. Needs more Technodrome. There you go. Mm. Everything needs more Technodrome except Robocop <laughs> and Ghostbusters <laughs> and Die Hard. They all need more Actually, Die Hard. Actually, do you know what? Die Hard on a Technodrome would be pretty awesome. <laughs> He's so fucking boss. Anyway. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. Um, so, if you want to get in touch with us, it's uh, apparently at Deadpool360. That's right, isn't it? On the Twitters, yeah. Yeah, yeah, on Twitter. Yeah, I'm at Stacey. Oh, people know if it's at if it's going to be. Twitters. People know it's Twitter if you say at something no, these days. Isn't Instagram? I'm not as on well. there, so it definitely can't know. be for me. Well, I'm Stacey Bob T on both of them, so it don't really matter. And I'm not um, on Insta. I am on Instagram, I think, but I don't know what it is. I only I don't ever use <laughs> put it. Up zero pictures. I don't um, go on there. I don't put up pictures. I can't even remember why I started an account. Somebody buy a face shirt. Please. Yes, I need to buy a face shirt. Someone, I really do. Someone who's not one of us pair. Mm-hmm. Buy a face shirt at... Buy our face shirt. SPCP. I always get confused about that for some reason. Yeah, Stacey's yeah, Pop Culture SPCP. You can get little tote bags and things as well. Mugs. If you can want. get mugs. Can I have a I mug? can't get mugs. Oh. Can't get mugs. Although well, Key bought a, a mug and he's left it here and it's been here for about six months, so you can just have that. <laughs> Where it's a, it's in a box in the. Uh, what mug is it? It's a it's a well it's a Stacey's pop culture parlor mug. It's not a. It's not oh, a I want a dunk face mug. Dunk face mug. I want a dunk Can face dunk mug. Can dunk a biscuit while you're looking at dunk's beautiful face. Just shut up and keep shilling your shit, why don't anyway, you? Anyway, Stacey's parlor at gmail dot com if you want to email us. That's Stacey with a Y and parlor with a U. Stacey with an E. That as well. It's, it almost always has a Y. It just it's got an E. Me. It's got an E as well. It has. It's got an E. Stacey um, with an E, Paula with a U. Yeah, boy. Can we have someone else other than Kieran? Key O-Round. O-Round, Possibly yes. rest in peace. K-Round. <laughs> crowned. Can Crowned. Somebody other than K-Anthony Round please email us. <laughs> 
Um, it's, look, look, I hate to sound desperate about that, but it just it just be nice. Emails are nice. Yeah, I like know, a good email. We've mentioned it six episodes on the trot. I'm <laughs> half tempted to just drop the email bit from the end of our sound. And, uh, and hey, here's a bit of news. Our next episode will be our first birthday episode. Oh, it will. Yes. I shit you not. Ooh. In it though, we'll have to try and do something special, like get a guest and then shit ourselves. <laughs> yeah, but like, to be fair, oh yeah, we. Yes, we want we want somebody big. The only problem is, though, like, you know, most podcasts by now have, like, pumped out a lot more episodes in a year than we do. Okay, we're like, woo, seven. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yay it's not for even under, double figures, yay but for I under achievement. I do not even care. A birthday's you know a birthday. We I'm going to make a cake or bring a cake or something. I'm going to get drunk. Let's get drunk on episode seven, can yes, we? Yes, of course we can. Can we do that and talk about the Image Comics? We can, as long as we're not interviewing somebody, because I don't think that would be very fair. Okay. Because we were bad enough. I'll try. We I'll bad tr- maybe I'll try. Do you know what? Actually, get... we might be a bit looser if we're drunk. To maybe. be fair, I might try. Maybe I'll try and get someone to do like a little voicey clip or something. Hmm. Maybe. maybe don't hold me to that, guys. Just in case. But um, anyway, the, the, we are now like, I feel like we should just keep going until two hours now. We're like two minutes away, but we are pretty but close we're stretching to stretching it. Yeah, yeah. No, people it. are going to be turning off. We are going yeah, to have we're just going to have to have a little bit chopped out. Um, um, <laughs> like possibly the bits yeah, where we say that we're, do, we're going for two hours, just in case. <laughs> right. Well, then, people, as always, it's been emotional. Latest taters. TTFN. 